The end has come. This episode of View the Right Thing brings October to its gruesome end. With this special Halloween episode, this week, Wes and Steve are joined by special guest Neil King as they visit the cottage. Then the lives of three men are set on a collision course in Big Bad Wolves. Now, steal yourself for this special Halloween edition of View the Right Thing. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Indiana Jaws. View the right thing. Oh, still? You know, yeah, still. What do you mean, still? It's always ah, going to be view the right thing. It was not I changing. I feel like one day you're going to come over to the Indiana Jaws side. No, so. No, it's not happening. The viewer can't see these very seductive hand gestures I'm doing. And eyes. Oh. Sexy eyes. So we have a, uh, a, a bonus person with us this episode. Neil, Neil King. Hey, guys. Hey, how's it going, Hi, Neil. What's going on, guys? Uh, Neil is a uh, filmmaker, and uh, he's uh, he created or co-created. Co-created, yeah. Uh, we Are Indie Horror, which is yes. a really cool like horror community website. Um, they track lots of uh, good... Horrific things for us. So, um, so we'll we'll talk more about that in a little bit. But uh, how are you guys doing? Doing well. Neil? Yeah, I'm doing very well actually. Yeah, it's we've had we've had a, quite the day today. Oh yeah, it's watched, true. Watched a couple of movies. And now we're doing the two recording. very two very scary movies, but yeah. some delicious din din in between. Yeah, it was delicious. Yeah, indeed it was. Do you think if we shout out to Alfredo's, they'll start giving us free mm. food every time? I don't know. Michelob, don't, Michelob hasn't called us yet. Michelob hasn't <laughs> called us yet. Darn it. That's very unfortunate. Yeah. Try PBR. Ooh. Oh, yeah. They'll, they'll, they'll <laughs> sponsor they anything, right? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Why are you pointing at me? Oh, because of the thing I'm supposed to say. Yeah. Yeah. So a look behind the curtain right there. If you're listening, these guys just pointed at me very accusatorily. No, I'm kidding. If you're listening right now, then you should have watched The Cottage mm-hmm. and Big Bad Wolves. Because what we do here on... Oh, I almost called it Indiana Jaws. Because what we do here on View the Right Thing is we're sort of like a book club for movies. So we like to tell you which movies we're going to watch. For example, the end of this very episode, we'll tell you about two new movies. Then you go watch those, then you listen to the next episode. So tonight, we're having a little book club, but about movies. And those movies are The Cottage and Indiana Jaws. Feel free to tweet us <laughs> and uh, join the discussion somehow. It's, it's getting away from you, man. <laughs> it's almost midnight. Yeah, it's true. It's it's like so. Um, interestingly, we had our spooky month of October. Yes, where we drew specifically specifically only horror drew films, horror films, and then we drew our first films for November. Uh huh. And we drew two. Horror films, kind of horror very films. Very grateful for. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, well, it gave us a, an opportunity to, to have you on, which is good. That's true. So, I'm glad yeah. to have you here. I'm glad to be here. Got to have Neil in the house, and we got to watch two pretty good horror films. Yeah, yes, we did. So, Steve, have you uh, seen anything in the theater? Yes. What'd you see? Uh, just the other day, I went over to the three dollar theater in my neighborhood and Ooh. saw Vacation. Big spender. Oh, no. Starring, uh, starring. Well, that's how I felt going in. Was uh, it? Uh, was it worth three dollars? It was certainly worth three dollars. It was a lot funnier than that's I thought it was though. going to be, uh, but it was also very, very raunchy as I assumed it was going to be. Sure. But, but there were some really good, surprising laughs 
that I did not expect from this movie. Because, you know, say what you will about the original vacation, National Lampoon's vacation, I feel we should call it, with Chevy Chase. Yeah. I've never seen that movie without commercial interruption (laughs) and censored for TV and what have you. So it doesn't have such a special place in my heart. And then when I saw it was sort of being remade, even though this is actually a sequel, I was like, we'll see what they do. I like the players involved. Yeah. Let's see what happens. And it turned out it turned out pretty well. Yeah, I remember being a a kid. I, I've I don't remember the first vacation as a kid that much. I remember specific moments. Yeah. I remember them eating the sandwiches after the dog peed on the, <laughs> yeah. the basket. Yeah. And then I remember everything at Wally World. Sure. John Candy and stuff. Right. Um but man, do I remember a uh, European vacation. Oh yeah. European. See I saw that first when I was maybe seven. Wow. Yeah. And uh, my first one was Vegas. Yeah, I saw Vegas oh, Vegas wow. for my first one. Yeah, that's because you're a youngin. Well, I, yeah, and I saw it in Vegas. Oddly enough, Ooh, that was actually right. really cool. Yeah, we're right. going to the Grand Canyon on a bus tour, and they put on Vegas Vacation. Nice. That's funny. I was like, awesome. <laughs> Did it give you ideas on what kind of gambler you are? I'm not a gambler. Okay. Uh, yeah, I uh, well, when I was 14, when when I was in Vegas. So the first you were time. a junior gambler. I was a junior gambler. All right. Um, but then I, as I got older, I started gambling or tried to. And I failed miserably, and I felt uh, losing my money was not worth it anymore. So there you go. I just go and I look at the pretty lights, and I drink the free drinks with putting yeah. a dollar in the penny slots, and yeah, that's pretty much it. I'm that's a blackjack guy. It's the right way to do it. Are you, are you good at blackjack? No, I mean nobody's <laughs> good in Vegas, really. I mean it's right. The house always wins, as they say. Well, yeah. yes, never, yeah. never say those words. I like poker, table. but I'm really bad at it. I'm really good at poker, but I've been on a losing streak. For about nine years. So you're oh, not no. no longer good at poker. No, I'm actually pretty good. Uh, uh, I just really haven't bothered to play very much lately. All right. And the very last time I played, I did not win. So there's that. Where, how did this turn into a gambling podcast? Because we're rambling gambling men. Rambling gambling. Rambling okay. gambling. Uh, Neil, have you seen... Uh, Seen any movies in the theater recently? Yes, I actually saw Tales of Halloween. Oh, yeah. how was that? Tales of Halloween is awesome. You have ten short films, eleven directors, and it's everything you love about Halloween just rolled up into one anthology film. Compare it to Trick or Treat. Oh, ooh, uh, that's a very tough one. Uh, mm-hmm. What had? Basically, I'm going to put it this way: After I saw the film, me mm-hmm. and my roommate uh, decided that our new Halloween tradition is to watch Tales of Halloween and Trick or Treat together. Nice, because. Okay. It's very hard to compare both. Um, Tales of Halloween is much more loosely connected, where uh, Trick or Treat is very intertwined. Yeah, gotcha. Um, although Tales of Halloween does have more like more characters and things that will move on into features and fuller sure. films, or maybe even their sequel if they decide to ever try it again. Yeah. Um, but then you have Sam, and Sam is just too legendary. Sam, I can't Sam pick is the a, best. can't Sam pick a better lovely. one though because they're just they're too. Two amazing anthology films that just should be watched together as a double feature. Which nice. uh, which story was your favorite? In Tales? Yeah. Or which director? Oh, gosh. Favorite one. Man, they were all so good. I put them on the spot. Yeah, you put me on the spot. Really? Um, and if any Tales of Halloween people are listening, I love you all. You guys did amazing <laughs> with every single film. Uh, but I really think... Uh, Dave Parker's Sweet Tooth stood out the most to me. Okay. Sweet um, Tooth. It's very reminiscent of the old school slasher flick mixed with like a paranormal monster awesome. mix. Uh, and it's cool because watching all these directors do all these films, you're learning 
what they grew up with and what their horror what their horror love was and you yeah. can tell that Dave loved the slasher films. Right. So Sweet Tooth is your new slasher buddy and your new tale that you're going <laughs> to tell your kids to scare the hell out of them on Halloween. All right. <laughs> Sweet Tooth. Yeah. Sounds scary. Yeah. Oh yeah. Just make sure uh, you leave a little piece of candy out for Sweet Tooth at the it, end of the night. Nice. Well, yeah. si- since it is that time of year, Sweet I tooth. also saw a spooky film. Ooh, what did you see? see? I saw the new Par- Paranormal Activity. Oh. Okay. And uh, what's this one subtitled? Uh, the Ghost Dimension. The Ghost Dimension. Yeah. Whoa. Um, which I re- I really liked it. Um, the uh, the poster is nicely misleading. I feel like with that <laughs> subtitle. Okay. Um, you have to see it in three D. Have to, have to, have to. See a it paranormal movie. activity movie. Yep, it's the first one in three D. Third dimension. <laughs> yeah, no, it's in the ghost dimension. So oh. they do this. They do kind of this really cool technique. They do they they stick to a little bit more of a realistic idea of three D in a okay. film, which most movies screw some stuff up, which drives me bananas. Because I love three D. You know this. You do, um, and I do. A lot I of times it. in a movie. That's in 3D. Yeah. Somebody will turn on the TV and they're watching a news broadcast or they're watching something on TV. And the thing on the TV is 3D to the audience. Mm. It drives me bananas. <laughs> Happens all the time. In this, not the case. Really? Most of the movie, I would say, is probably not really 3D. Oh, um, yeah? No, I should say most. Like The Martian? So you know how they set up... I haven't, I haven't seen The Martian. A so. lot of it is not 3D. Well, so really? they set yeah, up all these office scenes. They Keep... set up all these found footage cameras right in the house, yeah. like every other paranormal. Activity. And somehow those are in 3D. Only one of them's in 3D. So okay. the only time the movie's in 3D is when you're looking through the one special camera. Okay. The one special camera that takes you into the ghost that, dimension. That allows you to see the ghost dimension. 3D <laughs> and the GD. Yeah. So um, I I thought it was really well done. How would you Whoa. compare it to other paranormal though? Um, this is the first one to actually get me. Um, to actually oh, yeah? scare me. Okay. Uh, so there's that. Um, I like the second one an awful lot. Um, I, I like the first one just because, you know, of what it did. The fact that they made it for like I don't know, like fifteen thousand dollars or something. And wasn't it even less? I thought it was five for a long time, but then I read recently it was fifteen. Wow, so. that's still a low number to make yeah. a hit movie with. Yeah, the entire series yeah, is like absolutely. the entire series as a whole, all the yeah. budgets together, is less than a hundred million dollars. Wow, so, so, Jason I mean, Blum, yeah, smart man, smart guy. <laughs> um, but yeah, I really liked that second one just because I felt like all the scares were earned all in right. that one. Mm-hmm. Um, this one just really like kind of gave people what they were wanting, which is to see the ghosts. So oh, really all curious. right, yeah, it's fun. Yeah, because a lot of the other ones... I gotta see Toby. (laughs) Yeah? Yeah, I want to see Toby. (laughs) I I mean, I don't want to give anything away, but, you know. (laughs) There's a little Toby action. Does Katie come back in this one at all? I don't want to say. Oh. I don't want to spoil any surprises. Oh, man. I can just look on the IMDb and see if she's listed. That's (laughs) true. Not going to do that. I hate spoilers. Not going to happen. (laughs) Um, Hey, what's one thing we all haven't seen this week? Haven't seen this week? Yeah, you know, I see- maybe Neil saw it, but I thought I heard him say he didn't see it. What, what was that? What's that? The Star Wars trailer. Uh, yeah, did so, you see it? Oh, I did. Uh, yeah, I saw parts of it with okay. the sound off. But oh, all right, all right, all right. So no, you literally saw it. I just saw it. Didn't yeah. hear it. I like that. I was and multitasking, I and it, I was watching the Eagles game and editing, and all right, I had my headphones editing also. Eagles game. Yeah, I'm an Eagles fan. Are you from Philly? Yes, sir. I'm from Harrisburg. Hell yeah! Are so, you are your Steelers? Are you Steelers? No, nah, I'm from I'm from the dividing neighborhood. Oh, okay. So I'm not really either. I vote Sounds for like either. That. I root for either team if they make it to the Super Bowl. That's about it. This thing got away from me again. <laughs> Go Seahawks! All right. Oh. So, so, um, 
In that yeah, case, they, they go need a little Eagles. bit of help this year. And a little, little <laughs> bit more help this year, yeah. It's rough. They need a better offensive Weren't line. they in the last two Super but, Bowls, though? Uh, You're listening but, to Sports Talk with Wes and Steve, special guest Neil. Yeah, so not Sports <laughs> Talk. Uh, so this, you mentioned the Star Wars trailer, just trying yeah. to get us back on track. Uh, I try to stay away from trailers in general now. Um, especially if it's a movie that I'm really, really excited about. Sure. I don't want to see anything about it. I already know I'm going to see the movie, so I don't need somebody to sell me on it. Right? And you know that trailer is spoiling stuff. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I haven't even seen it, and I've already seen spoilers from it, just like in I, memes and stuff. I was and I'm crushed. Like, well, there you yeah, go. I was crushed when the first trailer came out. Yeah. The first teaser, and uh, there were images. There were a couple images. Um, one was the dude without the stormtrooper, like in the yeah. costume without that mask on, and the other was the lightsaber, the new lightsaber. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, ah, I wish I, I wish I hadn't seen it in a photo before I saw it on the yeah. screen. You yeah, know? Agree. leave it up to the internet to capture every moment and tear it apart right. yep. and spoil the entire movie. Yeah. Now there's a whole like boycott Star Wars for no good reason and well the racists. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Whatever. Those freaking guys. They need to get over it. They won't. <laughs> we love you, Internet. We love you, Internet. Internet's but, uh, great. You racist trolls can shove off. No, we just love the Viewsters. We love the Viewsters for sure. Viewsters. All right. Where so, do we start? So you want to you wanna dive into uh, one of our movies now? Let's go for it. Sure. Good? All right. So the first movie we watched is The Cottage. The Cottage, <laughs> which is not about... Kind of bland but fairly delicious cheese curd. Mm. It's actually about a, a house. A little hut, yeah. Out in the countryside, I guess you could say. Yeah. In the countryside. Middle of the woods, in the countryside, yeah. And uh, <laughs> for some reason they refer to those as cottages. I never understood it. But here we are. The Cottage. The yeah. Cottage. 2008? 2008. Andy Circus. Starring Andy Circus, And, um, oh, I forget who played the brother. Uh, so we got Reese Shearsmith, Steve O'Donnell, and Jennifer Ellison. Jennifer Ellison, she played Tracy. Yes. <laughs> that white shirt. All she, she's worth white shirt. You know? <laughs> yeah, that character was supposed to be like 40 years old, and they were like, nope, gotta cast someone younger. Really? Oh, I'm really happy they did that, because yeah. she was much more enjoyable the way she was. Yeah, <laughs> she did. Well, I think the attitude, too, like, plays better for a younger a somewhat younger person. I didn't think she was like yeah. terribly younger than forty, but no, she's but she was 20s. definitely. I uh, felt like she would be in her in her twenties. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. She seemed like an angry, spoiled. But that, like, yeah, that attitude wouldn't have played for a forty-year-old. No, I don't know. Yeah. Well, you can't forget Doug Bradley. Doug, Doug Bradley and head himself. Yeah. <laughs> and not wearing pins. Though. Rest in peace, uh, Dave Legeno. 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 Uh, played the farmer. The farmer guy. Oh, yeah, yeah that's right. We discussed him in the car. We'll get to that later sure. once the farmer enters the story. So uh, so the movie starts with a uh, car driving through the woods, pulls up to a small cottage. <laughs> and uh, two brothers get out, and they go in. It's cold. And uh, they start a fire. They light a cigarette. They start making tea, that kind of thing. And clearly these two brothers... Um, they act like brothers. Like, they, they kind of are at each other's throats and... Um, the way only brothers can Kind of be. sarcastic with each other. Yeah. And the the one brother thinks one brother thinks the other is kind of an idiot. And, yeah, and one of them is... kind of is. 
one of, one of them of criminal. Yeah. One of them's clearly criminal, one of them's clearly out of his depth. And one right. of them keeps complaining about his sensitivity to temperature. <laughs> he's he's temperature sensitive. Yeah. Leave him alone. It's okay. Which I feel like, in a way, everybody is temperature sensitive, but... So David, um, the... <clears throat> I want to say the older brother, but he's the one that's actually the smarter. I don't know if he's actually yeah. older. Yeah, he's but clearly he's, running the show. Yeah, he's yeah. the crim- actual criminal. Um, and then his younger, I think younger brother, Peter, uh, who's balding and um, has a... Um, whale of a wife? Yeah, whale of a wife and <laughs> huh. an aversion to moths. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's afraid of moths. He, he sees a moth flying above him, above the table, and he starts freaking out and forces his brother to deal with it. Aww. So Davidson's... Um, Peter out to the car to go get some milk, and just before he opens the trunk, uh, David stops him. He comes out and stops him, and he's like, "You're forgetting something." And then he puts on this mask, and then we realize that there's some sort of criminal enterprise. Mm-hmm. So the milk gets taken out of the car to reveal an unconscious blonde girl, which was an awesome shot, by the way. Yep, that was great with the reveal of the bag pulling up. Just I noticed yep. that and I was like, "That's amazing." Uh, so I liked it. She's been chloroformed. Oh no! I assume so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, they eventually do bring her into the house and they, um, tie her to a bed upstairs. Well, before that, Mm -hmm. (laughs) before that, they try and get her upstairs or they get her upstairs, but then she headbutts. The, oh, that's before they tie her, huh? Yeah, that's before oh, that's they tie right. her up. She's she like, breaks, hold on one second. Breaks yeah. Peter's nose. <laughs> Oof. So they, as they're, they're going up there to, to tie her up, this is why we need our notes, man. That's why we need our notes. We're trying to wing it here. I got you guys. You got us. <laughs> so, uh... Neil's got us. Um, David... Tells Peter to just like hold her, watch her, and uh, David goes downstairs. Peter is holding her, and his eyes keep dipping down to her Ooh, chest region. Sure, the chesticles, the chesticles, and uh, then we get a really cool shot of inside his mask showing his limited field of view. <laughs> so, like, what he's looking at is what he's looking at. He can't see nothing in the peripheral. And uh, when he looks back up at her face she's looking right at him and she headbutts him Ooh. knocks him on the ground like three times headbutts him. yeah gets gets on top wow. of him and then continues to headbutt him um and of course he starts screaming and and david comes up and she's terrifying yeah she is and then they they tie her up and um she's she's vicious that one quite yeah. quite vicious um a little spunky i kind of like her yeah <laughs> Yeah. What happened next? Yeah. We go to the. Do we go to this strip well, club? No. Uh, I feel like we do, but we meet. We meet. Um, we meet her father. Well, we don't meet her father. We meet her, her stepbrother. Bro- her stepbrother, her stepbrother Andrew. Andrew. He's who got a nice haircut. Who got a nice haircut? Every everybody that he sees goes new haircut. Or I like your haircut. Or they all get, they all give an eye to his haircut. And we don't know why for a while in the film. Hmm. And he goes to uh, this locked door. The manager's office in the back of the strip club, and uh, he's basically told to wait outside the oh. door. So he just stands outside the door. Um, we learn that Tracy, the girl, mm-hmm. is the daughter of Arnie, and yes. he is some type of we assume some type of underworld crime boss. His it's office is be. in the back of a strip club, so he's got to be a crime boss, right? He's got just bags that you would assume to put money in just lying around apparently oh boy um he's at the very least a strip club proprietor yeah maybe so he's got cash and they're they're gonna uh hold her for ransom yes so we learn during the film bad idea and uh she even says it she's like don't do it making a stupid decision yeah and we and we learn that um the exchange that these two brothers 
have with each other is that they both own half of a deed to a house. Oh, uh, yes. And is it their deceased mother's house? Yes. Oh. She left She left yes. each of them half of the deed in mm. the will, basically. That gets really complicated. She did that on purpose. So, now they're just in a fight. Yeah, so... <laughs> Peter so and his whale of a wife, they refer to her as a whale of a wife. We're not actually calling her a whale of a wife. They, just they don't show her, her, do they? They show a photograph. Oh, they do? They do, they, yeah, yeah, in the wallet. Yeah. <laughs> That's way later. Okay. Yeah. Um, we learn that she and Peter want David out of the house, or they want to own the, the full deed. Uh, so Peter has agreed, essentially, to do this deed um, this with David. dirty deed to this get the dirty deed. deed to get the deed. All these deeds. <laughs> And uh, David's in it for the money. I think they're, the, the ransom is 100000 Yep. That's it. Doesn't seem like too much for this strip club owner, though. 100,000 pounds, though. Oh, it's pounds. That's so right. we're talking roughly $150,000. Yeah. I'm kidding. It varies day by day. So <laughs> they, uh, David explains to Peter that you have to do all the talking. You're going to go up there and you're going to tell her... If you're if you give us a hard time, I'm gonna break your fingers. Yeah. And then I want you to read this note. And he makes him read it ahead of time. And he's like, "This is terrible grammar." And, <laughs> um, and he says, "The reason why is because I, I know Arnie, and so she's seen me in the club. So if I talk, she's gonna recognize my voice, oh, yeah. and they'll yeah. know who I am. Oh, so you have to do all the talking. So that, of course they go up there, and uh, Peter offers her some tea and." Uh, she she mouths off to him and as she does and and he says you know David has a knife and he says if you're you, not quiet David's David, gonna, gonna cut you David's oh, gonna right. cut you <laughs> so immediately she knows that someone named David is involved so Stupid he calls yeah. Arnie and he reads the note explaining that his son Andrew is going to drive the ransom money to them he's going you know take the M4 or whatever highway system they have yeah, there and, and take the take this to them. And uh, and so then we see that Andrew, the door open and Andrew is given a bag and Andrew gets the bag and gets in a car and drives off. Nice. Yep. And he drives to the cottage. Yep. Oh yeah. Straight there. Along the way, he gets a phone call and he answers it and he talk, he's, tells David that he's He's got the money. He's on the way. It's in, yes. the, in the seat next to him. Um, but uh, he should get off the phone because his phone's dying. Mm. <laughs> yep. <laughs> when Andrew gets there and goes into the cottage, we find that he has been followed. Oh, yeah. By... The Chinese. Or the, the Chinese Koreans. or the Koreans. <laughs> by sure. by Mukli-san I mean, and Chun Yofu. Okay. I wrote their names down. Nice. <laughs> Mukli-san. And Chun Yo Fu. Okay. I feel like there's a pun in there. Maybe. But what is it? So. I don't know Chinese. Andrew brings the bag in, and they're super excited because Peter's going to get the deed to the house. Oh, yeah. And the other guys are going to split money. Split the money. And David says to Andrew, What does it look like? What's it look like, all that money in there? I didn't open it yet. Yeah, he says, I didn't open it. Uh, I have no idea. So they open it, of course, and inside is tissues, tissues, napkins, Damn it, tissues. Andrew. <laughs> so uh, Arnie has known about the scheme all along somehow. Now, in the back of the Asian's car, yeah, um, 
is somebody duct tape and they make references that they're going to have to get rid of them at some point. So, um, so whoever is in the backseat has probably informed. All right. Oh, I just, I like, now I put that together now. (laughs) That makes more sense. (laughs) So, uh, Peter insists that he needs to call his wife. Yeah. And check in. And he's, (laughs) so, oh, I'm sorry, that's not actually what happens. That happened earlier in the film, and that's inconsequential. Right. He needs to call the wife because now that they don't have money in a drop, they need to give Arnie an account number in order to get money wired to them. But David doesn't have an account. Peter does, has, has this account. So he has to call his wife to get the number. <laughs> Silly Peter. His wife Peter. owns everything, of yeah. course. So Peter takes David's phone outside, and he makes a phone call. And of course, subtly behind him is one of the Asian guys with a giant cleaver. A pretty big <laughs> yeah, um, pretty cleaver. Awesome meat cleaver Probably could kill him at any second, but I think he's listening in on what's going on, trying yeah. to find out some information and do a little reconnaissance. Because he's then... a bald expletive, deleted expletive, deleted expletive. And then Peter makes the call and everything works out fine, right? Totally. Uh, oh, he does yeah, get the right. number. Yeah. Uh, and then he hears a commotion in the house. Do we remember what that was about? It was her. She she got out of the out of the mouth thing and oh, started right. screaming. Okay. <laughs> so Peter, of course, is startled by this and drops the phone. And of course, he's standing next to a giant puddle of water. Damn it, Peter! Uh, it's so, the pond. So he he picks up the. the pond. Um, the phone out of the water, and he goes in to find out what's going on. And uh, when he gives the phone to David to make the call to give the <laughs> the thing, um, to give the account number, the phone is just pouring water out. Yeah, of I'd like, say <sighs> easily like a couple of tablespoons just flows right out the battery <laughs> yeah. port. So then he goes to Andrew and demands Andrew's phone. Andrew hands it over, but it's dead. Of course. Where's the charger? Oh, he's got a charger. Yeah, where is it at? In the club. <laughs> hey, What's in. it doing in the club? Yeah. Yeah, it's plugged in. <laughs> plugged in at the club. So, uh, David's going to have to go to town Mm-mm. and make a phone call from uh, a phone booth. And they're like, well, you know, what about the, what about them recognizing your voice? He's like, hey, the cat's out of the bag at this point. Yeah. This is a bad idea. Um, oh, something that does happen when she makes you know she screams um they all go up to check on her why she's screaming mm-hmm. and andrew has <laughs> a stupid mask that he has his whole face shown yeah because remember he's a stepbrother so she absolutely immediately recognizes him and then peter <laughs> forgets his mask yeah together so now she knows who they you know that one's her brother who the other guy looks like and the other guy's name is david yeah, yeah. so at this point david's like they know they're gonna know who it is anyway so it doesn't matter I just need to go take care of it so he goes into the village now (laughs) it's such a classic scene yeah he he, it's like a dark kind of foggy night in this little little English village yeah and uh, he goes to make the phone call um and then when he turns around to leave the phone booth it's Doug Bradley Doug Bradley's there (laughs) pinhead pinhead Pinhead, but no pins no pins and he doesn't look at all yeah, he, but he doesn't look anything like oh, yeah, true. what you would think. Nothing like know. the Chatterer dog from, from Hellraiser 4. Oh, sure. God. No. The Chatterer dog. Oh. The Chattering dog. Oh, that's <laughs> made me so sad. <laughs> <laughs> the Chatterer dog. 
So the the locals know that they're staying out at the old Barnaby cottage. Well, aren't the locals? They've all come out of their homes in their pajamas every, too, and they're all old. <laughs> just because some old. every yeah. single one of them is over sixty. Just because for sure, some stranger walked into a phone booth. Everybody comes out to look. I thought that <laughs> well, was because this funny. is the this is the guy that's staying at the Barnaby cottage, right? Yeah. Strangers don't do too well in and they, this yep, town. They tell that's him true. to lock his doors and don't wander out yeah. because strangers don't do well. Uh, so David turns to walk away, and as he starts to walk away, they follow him and he turns back around and they stop <laughs> and then he goes to walk away and they start following him he turns around and they stop um and then he leaves they're like uh weeping angels sure yeah is that what they're called yes. on doctor who the weeping angels yeah, the weeping angels yeah yeah now those creeps they are scary the asians are instructed to get rid of one of the guy the guy in the back seat mm. so he takes him one of them takes the guy with the big cleaver, takes him out into the woods. Uh oh. We don't know what happens after that. Well, we find out later. Oh well, yeah. Well, at this point, we don't happens. know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, and then David returns back to the cottage. <laughs> it's chaos. And um, doors broken in. The doors broken in. Andy's on the floor. Andy's on the floor. <laughs> he goes upstairs. No girl. No Peter. No Peter. Mm. Uh, what's happening? Uh, I actually and, thought we missed something in the movie because it happened so quickly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. So then Andrew tells the story of of the moth, of the moth, of the moth in the bathroom. <laughs> yep. That's right. The, they took her into the bathroom because she had to tinkle. Yeah, she had to make a urine. Yeah, she had to make a urine. <laughs> she had to make a urine. <laughs> and she says, "Either you have to untie me, oh, yeah. or one of you has to wipe me." <laughs> Yikes! And so they untie her, and that's when he sees the moth. And freaks out and untied, she makes her move and takes them through the door. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, she ends up with David's knife. Yeah. That he uh, left her conveniently with on the counter in the kitchen, of yeah. course. And Not she a great place. and she abducts Peter and leaves Poor Peter Andrew <laughs> incapacitated on the floor. Yeah. Ultimately. So after Andrew tells the story, in comes someone else. Who comes into the room? Who was it then? It was the guy from the back seat of the car. Oh right, and his he's bleeding. Like yeah, he's like cut everywhere. up and stuff. Gross. And he falls down on the ground, and they take the the tape off of him, and Andrew recognizes him. That's yeah. the guy who cuts my hair. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's his barber, and uh, I get it. The barber ratted, and they get, they yeah, everything. you know, mm. click. So his barber ratted. What a that sucks. Isn't there supposed to be customer barber confidentiality? Yeah, yeah. I know, right. That's so I so maybe yeah, not in England. He's, David no, says, "Did you tell anyone it. about this? Did you tell this guy?" Oh, damn and he's it. like, "No." Well, yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> so um, then uh, the the hairdresser dies guts all over the floor he's like is he yeah. dead and he's like what do you think yeah <laughs> oh, grody. yeah it's pretty gross uh the other asian leaves the car chun yo fu one of them i don't know one which one's which pretty sure it's chun yo not the one in the jacket not the one that one in the, in the jacket's the one with the cleaver right? yes yeah uh the one that leaves the car second is the one who's been getting the phone calls that's saying what to do from arnie and his Correct. his ringtone is just like beeping mm-hmm. 
And uh, so he goes out into the woods to find what happened to his friend, brother, Mukli son. <laughs> whatever. So David's like, we got to go find my my brother. Yeah. yeah. And, and get to the bottom of this. So then we find that uh, the girl, Tracy, I keep wanting to call her just the girl. Tracy. Tracy She's and. She's the only girl in the entire world. That's movie. true. Yeah. And Peter are walking through the forest, and they come across this gate that says uh, "Farmhouse No Trespassing" or something. Uh, or no? It says, uh, I think it says like "off limits," but part of it's or something. Uh, I said "of uh, keep off." Keep off is what's supposed keep to say. Off is what's but one F was gone. Yeah, and she's like, "What kind of idiots live here?" Basically, mm-hmm. so she, she forces him to climb over the fence. Or the gate, and after he does that, his wallet slips out. Stupid Peter. And oh, they, Peter. they continue on to the... Um, Perfectly so normal farmhouse where everything's okay. Absolutely. Credits roll. No, All right. No, no, not yet. Nobody's died yet. <laughs> oh. Except for the barber. True. <laughs> and all the phones, apparently. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So All the phones <laughs> are dead in this movie. They go in, and Tracy goes... Upstairs, right? Mm-hmm. Peter stays in the kitchen. And Peter stays in the kitchen. Uh, he ends up going into, like, a bathroom, right? Yeah, he goes into the bathroom oh. full of moths. Yeah. He just... goes in the bathroom, turns the light on, and it is floor-to-ceiling moths. Moths. <laughs> Everywhere. with moths. Um, if you remember, Peter does not like moths very much. Yeah. So this did not work out too well for him. And he's been, no. and at this point, he's been beaten up quite a bit by Tracy. He's had his jaw dislocated and relocated. Oh, yeah. So oh, he's pretty, so he's pretty hurt. Right. He has this traumatic moth experience, busts out of there, shuts the door, um, hurting, tired. He slowly comes along the wall to where the f- kitchen and the freezer are, and he pops the, f- the freezer doors open, and he reaches in and gets some peas, and he puts the peas on his face. Oh, yeah. And then he sees something on the floor. Injuries. What does he see on the floor? Trap door. A trap door. And he hears something down there, and he's not sure what that is, but it doesn't sound good. And there's a thump. And then he spills all his peas. And he peas. starts spilling the peas out of the bag all over the floor. Meanwhile, Tracy's upstairs, and she finds a bedroom and a suitcase. Yeah. Oh. And when she opens that suitcase, did you notice what was on the suitcase? It was written. Something was written, but I couldn't read it fast enough. You're never gonna leave me. Oh, you're oh. Never, that was what it said. Okay, I got never gonna, and I was. Yeah. I was like, what does it say? That was written on the suitcase. Yeah, it was yeah. carved. It was, it was carved. Like... It was scratched into the red covering of the suitcase. Yeah. Yikes! You're never gonna leave me. Uh, and um, she smells something really strange in there, and just mm. as. She's going to open a closet door, some door yeah, that's adjacent. Closet, yeah. uh, she hears a scream from downstairs, and so she goes downstairs, and uh, and she sees the peas are all over the floor, and she's like, you know, why are the the peas, why are the peas on the yeah. floor? <laughs> and he's like, there's something down there, blah blah blah. She goes to the trap door. What, what could be... What is Her exact line was brilliant. It was... We're like out in the middle of nowhere. We're in the middle of nowhere. What, we're in a creepy house. What could be in the trap door in the kitchen? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so gosh. she's looking at him and a machete 
Yeah. <laughs> just comes through her body. Yeah, pretty. It's kind of through the side abdomen area. I would say that sounds probably, that's accurate. Maybe, her right side, I would say. Yeah, maybe not a mortal wound if tended to, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, Definitely not something you want to acquire no. while out in the countryside anywhere in Europe. Yeah, so she, she falls over, seemingly dead. Well, no, first, before she gets stabbed, yeah, she's looking at Peter and she says, Why is the freezer full of hands? Oh, that's right. And Peter looks, and there are a bunch of severed hands in the freezer. And then she gets gets stabbed through the back. This is why we need her notes. Poor Tracy. My notes are there. Yeah, your notes. Yeah, so that's a good point. She gets stabbed after noticing a freezer full of hands, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Yep. Run. You run from a house like that. No, she got stabbed, though. Yeah. It was too late. It was. (laughs) Sad but true. So Peter runs upstairs. Foolish. Yeah, why do they always run up? Z axis. Z axis. So Peter goes upstairs and jumps ends up jumping out the bedroom window. <laughs> kind of falls on his back. Yeah. Out the bedroom window. And the 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 killer who we've now we saw stab Tracy, right. we now he see this rises up super from the trap door. Tall, disfigured in the face. Like his face made Leatherface look. Uh, I'm not going to compare it to a real person because that okay. would just be insulting. Think, think hills have eyes. Kind yeah. Of yeah. Like his, his face was way gnarlier we'll, than Leatherface. And we'll learn later in the film how he got that face. Yeah. Yes. So uh, Peter falls out the window and the guy's hanging out the window, the farmer. And he's like, yeah. uh, and then uh, who comes out the door? Tracy. Tracy. She's, she's alive. alive. And she's and still like, hot. Bitchy as ever. Yeah. You oh, gotta, yeah. you gotta help hot me escape. You gotta help me. You gotta help me. And she guilts, guilts him, you know, gives him the little eyes and guilts him into trying to help her hobble out. And of course, uh, the farmer comes out and, uh, what does Peter do? He runs. Yeah. He looks like a sissy. Yeah. And so she, so she bitches at him. Um, what are you gonna do? You gonna you gonna kill me? Come on, just kill me already! Yeah, Tracy. <laughs> yeah, what is it? She gets he he gets on top of her. She's on her back. The farmer's over her with the machete. With the machete, he raises it up and shovel. then Kong shovel to the face. Yeah, there's been the a face. lot of shovel action tonight. Yeah, yeah. we'll so get to the other Peter. Shovel. Yeah, <laughs> so Peter returns. We find out and has knocked out the farmer with the shovel. Yay. Yay, Peter! And you Tracy's like, "You gotta kill him! You gotta, you gotta kill him!" He's like, "Kill him with what?" And she's like, "Machete." What do I do? And like, she says something like, uh, "Stab him in the heart," or no, "Stab him in the face." Stab him in the face. Stab him in the face. Gotta stab him in the head. <laughs> so they argue, and of course, the farmer um, comes to, oh boy. grabs the shovel, oh, and uh, takes off uh, about half of uh, Peter's foot. Yeah, just yep. right off the front half. Um, Peter is like. You know, obviously screaming and crying, cause he, especially because he's a big baby, but obviously that's a pretty horrific wound. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty painful. That would be god awful. Just slightly painful. So he's laying on the ground now because, you know, half of his foot's gone. And the farmer gets up with a shovel and he's about to kill Peter. And Tracy starts mocking the farmer and is like, just hurry up and kill him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and Pe- Peter gives the farmer one of the best looks I've ever seen anybody give a killer in a, in a horror film. Yeah. And it's just kind of like... 
yeah, she's fucking annoying. (laughs) What can you do? So he turns around as she's gabbing at him and shoves the the shovel into her mouth. Yep. Goes about halfway (laughs) through her the back through her head. And she as as she starts to fall back, he goes with her and he pushes the shovel down as hard as he can (laughs) and the top part of her head just comes off. It's Awesome and disgusting it was all so at the same brutal. time. So brutal. If you're if you're a fan of horror films and gore, it's a great moment. Yeah, absolutely. I was so happy. Because <laughs> a lot of times when you see something like that in a horror film, usually like they do this slow, like the top of the head slowly slides off the yeah. blade. Um, they did that in Wrong Turn and some other things. Uh, whereas this was kind of cool because it was done with such ferocity and such force that the top of the head just pops off. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's, it's, Ooh. it is horrific. It's awesome. And then they even show like her like exposed, like basically neck. Yeah. Yeah. With like the bottom of her jaw still there. Yeah. <laughs> so the farmer takes, <laughs> uh, Peter and hangs him by a meat hook by his jacket yeah. in uh, a shed. So Andrew and David... Um, this actually might be where they discover the hairdresser. I it, we might be in the order just a slightly out of just a little bit. Out the of hairdresser. Life, no, this is where they discovered the Chinese guy. Well, I'm not sure if they actually. Now that I'm thinking back on it, they may have discovered the hairdresser. Like that scene might be after Tracy's death. Not 100 hmm. percent sure. And then they go into the woods, maybe. But it's okay. No, I think the hairdresser comes right. Because that the hairdresser scene comes right as uh, they go into the house, or uh, David goes into the house. When we were saying, on the floor when we were talking that. about it, it felt right, but now it feels off to me. But either way, it doesn't really matter no. in, in for this purpose. But so they um, they head out into the woods, David and Andrew, not the hairdresser. Hairdresser's dead. Hairdresser is dead. And. As they're walking through the woods, Andrew seems pretty oblivious, but David sees one of the uh, henchmen, one of the Asian henchmen, um, kind of strung up and dead, strung up by his arms <laughs> um, and dead. And then they find the giant cleaver as well, and it's just dripping blood. Mm-hmm. Very red blood. So uh, one has had his throat slit and the other's yes. gone, but most likely dead. Yeah, um, well, we get a hint. Oh. oh, yeah, the, 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 the jacket. jacket thing, the jacket yeah. will come back. So they find uh, the house, the farmhouse, and they, they go over the the gate, and they find the wallet. Oh, boy. So he knows this is the way they came. How do you know Peter was here? Found his wallet. <laughs> With a picture of a whale of his wife. <laughs> as well, as well, as, I think he says, uh, the whale is his wife and the other is his child or something yeah. like that. <laughs> or his child and his whale of a wife or something to that effect. Um so they head over to the house and did you guys catch that you could actually see Peter hanging and swaying? Oh, yeah. That's what it was. Yeah, that was, was messed like, up. I, it was like something's in the background. Some, well, whatever. No but both the guys it. miss it, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At first I thought it was the farmer just like watching them from the doorway. That's, that was my, that was my yeah. opinion too. Thought it was that, but, but he just kept not coming out to kill them. So it was like, well, that can't be the farm. Now Andrew hurts himself before they get to the farmhouse. No, he ends up in a 
Uh, oh, on the way to the farmhouse. Yeah. Oh, yeah. on the way. Before they get there, they're in the field, and he's like, shouldn't we really watch where we're going? Yes. Oh, yeah, the bear That's trap. right. And he says, don't farmers have traps? And, and David's like, traps? Snap. And then, of course, uh, it snaps, and so David tries to get him out of the trap, and, of course, lets go too early, <laughs> and, and the trap snaps. snaps back on his leg again. Again. So Andrew's wounded by the time they get to the farmhouse. Uh, and they go into the house. Um, I believe Andrew stays outside at first and, uh, David goes in kind of through, not, not a basement area necessarily, but, um, something like kind of garagey. Yeah, Is this when he like finds, and he finds the photos. He finds all the photos in there first. Yeah. And then Andrew comes into there and meets up with him. And that's you know, where before we... that though, Andrew find well, they both at the same time find, uh, Tracy. Andrew finds her head. Finds her outside. Oh. And then Dave, Andrew finds her body. David finds the body. David finds the head. Oh, David finds the head. Andrew yeah. finds the body. Yeah. Gross. And they're like, I found Tracy. I did too. Yeah. <laughs> but, but before that, he's investigating. Before he finds the head, he finds the uh, scrapbook that oh, yeah. has all of the newspaper articles about okay. the farm and the farm incident where uh. the young man was... Uh, injured in a horrific farm incident and Ooh. all these photos of the family and stuff with one person scratched out, the tallest person in the yeah. group scratched out. Oh, no. Um, then he finds the head. Andrew comes in and he turns on a light. And when the lights turn on, they realize they're in a room full of heads. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? And uh, has he found the, did they find the jacket already at this point? They must have found the jacket. I don't know. Well, as they're walking over to the thing ahead, Andrew's like, I'm cold. Oh, look, a jacket. A jacket. And then you <laughs> see it's the machete guy's jacket. Or the, the cleaver guy's the jacket. jacket. Yeah. So they turn the lights on and they see all the heads. And he's like, one of them just moved. And he's like, which one? And he's like, the ugly one. And they're all like just as nasty. They're all ugly heads. And then, of course, we see one move and it's the farmer. No, no. And he gets up off the ground and uh, and chases them out. Um, he takes a pickaxe. Straight oh, to the leg. Right. And swings it at David. <sighs> it goes through his leg and pins Ugh. him into the ground. No. Oh, Andrew hobbles off. He goes down a hill and he ends up in the horse stables <laughs> and he's hiding. Uh, the farmer goes and grabs some type of like, not a machete, but some type of big, almost like a a we're tall grass clearing yeah, thing. Not, thing. Not a scythe per se, because it's like a hand. Yeah. Something you can hold in one hand, but it's something like you might get really tall grass. So just like a sickle away. then. Kind of like a kind sickle, of. but it, sickle is the handheld version. It's in the middle of a sickle and a machete. Yeah, it was okay. thick. It was not. It wasn't sickle shaped. Oh. So, but it was like that. So something you might hack away at something with. Yeah. I can't picture it right now. So he grabs that out of the house and then goes out and f- into the stables. And Andrew thinks that he's okay, and then a phone rings. Uh oh. And it's it does. Da, 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 da. Do you actually know what the ring was? The the beeping? Mm-mm. Uh, it was the SOS. Was it really? Yeah. And, of course, he turns around. He's got this this phone going off. And um, he answers it. And it's his dad. And he's like, you got to help us. There's this crazy guy. We're at the farm. Blah, blah, blah. And then the crazy guy comes out and takes that thing right up through the crotch region. Ooh. Yes. <laughs> oh. And, uh, and then after... Ooh. We see this a little bit later. But uh, we do see that after... 
Andrew is dead on the ground. He he cuts the clothes off Andrew and starts digging around. Cuts through his insides, through the back. Yep, and then he uh, he rips the spine, the spine out with the head it. still attached. So nasty. All of it. What a what a shot that was. All silhouetted and everything. Uh, it was so gruesome. And then he proceeds to just drag it around the floor of the house <laughs> and stuff. Oh, Stop it. The face gets all dirty by the time it shows up. Yeah. <laughs> so Peter. Poor Andrew wakes up in the uh, on the hook yeah and uh he and david like you know they like hear each other and they uh, maybe they see each other even at that point um and uh peter pulls himself off the hook falls down on the ground and then he starts crawling over to david to help david get the pickaxe out of his leg yeah and he's like this is taking forever because it does take forever trying to crawl like that mm-hmm can you imagine that open foot wound just dragging on the dirt and rocks? Oh, did, yeah. He did wrap it up first, though. He found the shirt. Oh, that's right. He does wrap okay. it up. You're wrap right. You're right. Oh. But still, you're... That's just not step in the right much. direction. It's not going to feel good. No. <laughs> Doesn't David find Peter's severed foot piece? Yes, he, he, he does when they first around. get there. And there's a great <laughs> moment where he, where he tips the foot out. Yeah. And then he puts it back into the shoe. <laughs> and then he throws the shoe away. It's so gnarly. Um... So he helps him pull the pickaxe out, and this wound is bad. Mm-hmm. It's gross. It's a big pickaxe is thick, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. There's a big hole in his leg. Yeah, that's and they both realize bad. they're not going anywhere, and they just kind of lay back and Stare sort of at the stars. await death. It's, they comment on how clear up the night it is. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and David offers the deed to him just just to give it outright yeah. to him. And they sort of they sort of make up for their lifetime of bickering. Yeah, that's what it be takes. So proud. But then, yeah, David's like, "Fuck this!" and sits up, and he's like, "We're not dying yeah, here. We're not dying here. Not without a fight." Uh, so they gather themselves. They get back into the farmhouse to look for a phone, um, and. Uh, in through the window comes something. The dirty head and sponge. Oh. The dirty head and sponge. Uh, of Andrew. Yeah. I hope it's his. I hope there wasn't somebody else's dirty head and spine that's been removed. Yeah. Just Andrew's. <laughs> the uh, the trap door's open, and there's noises coming from down there as well. Uh-oh. Yeah, that was bizarre. Um, and then uh, the farmer shows up, and uh, he is about to kill Peter. He's mm-hmm. He's barreling in on peter he's got a knife and they're sort of struggling and uh david finds an album yeah the photo album the photo album of who i believe is the farmer and his wife Aww. on their wedding day that's what i would assume so yeah and he holds that hostage and starts to rip down he's like if you you know move you another to, mother if you yeah. move another muscle i tear this apart yeah and he's like you need to get down into the trap door and he tells peter to start pushing the kitchenette cabinet over that direction and of course he struggles with it because he's weakling uh, he moves it a bit Poor Peter. Um, and then uh, so they're gonna put the guy in the trap door close it and put the cabinet on it yeah David takes it too far and he actually rips down too far into the mm-hmm. he basically rips the whole like all the way down almost oh no almost, yeah. and that's when the farmer picks up a pickaxe he has again. Oh, jeez. And puts it right in David's Right in chest. the heart. Yeah. Right through the heart. Oh, God. And David falls down and dies. Oh, no. But in the process, that 
like because the farmer tries to grab the picture and they yeah. he fully rips it yes. at that point. Oh no! So the farmer turns to the table, distracted, to put the try and put the picture back together. Yeah. And uh, Peter is distraught over his brother, and he goes he grabs a nearby rope, and puts it around the farmer's neck and starts strangling him. Okay. The farmer knocks him down. He falls into the this, trap door area. Yeah. Um, and the trapdoor closes, yeah. and he continues to pull his weight down on the rope, bringing the farmer down yeah. and choking him, but also bringing the the farmer reaches out and grabs the cabinet, and the cabinet falls down as well. Yeah. Right on top of the farmer. And Yep. And Peter continues strangling him until he's dead. 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 Then, Hopefully, the weight well, of the farmer... Maybe dead. We, yeah, you know how these yeah. movies go. Yeah. So, uh... I like to believe the farmer's dead. Um, Until the sequel. Well, I'll tell you why in a minute. But okay, uh, the farmer's weight, as well as the kitchen cabinet on the trap door, means that Peter can't get out. Right, because he's and a so, weakling. Yeah, he's got like a little lighter, and he's trying to like make his way down the trap door to see what's down at the other end. Maybe there's an exit. Oh, and then the light keeps going out, and he ends up in a room, and he's hearing something, and he lights the lighter. And there are a whole bunch of women. I don't know if I remember seeing any men, girls, and it was whatnot. So fast, and it was they were women. they were like, I believe, eating body parts. Yeah. And they descend they like on Peter with a vengeance, yeah. and the movie ends. That's it. Now I don't think the, the farmer comes back to life because that would give <clears throat> the idea that there could have been hope for Peter, right? Yeah. So like, I think it's it's really only kind of funny and. If he dies too, yeah. But you know, it's a horror movie, no hope... and they if they create a sequel, the farmer can sure. easily come back because he's a mutated freak. And and farmer, if you're out there, please don't kill me. Oh, I didn't know this. <laughs> there was something after the credits we missed. Oh, what? Oh, no. Yeah. Would you like to know what it was? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Uh, who's still alive? Interesting. Who is still alive? You are correct, sir. The farmer's still alive. The farmer's still alive. Uh, He's a killer. He never dies. After the credits, Arnie and his right-hand men are seen arriving at the farm. As they step up to the front door, the farmer suddenly rushes out at them with the pickaxe raised above his head. As he swings it at them with it, the image freezes and the screen fades to black. Yeah, They don't even open fire? Straight up 80s ending. I love it. Neil is correct. (laughs) Yikes. So the farmer's still around. There could totally be a cottage, too. Sure. I'm actually down for a cottage, too, because I love how the movie... Like portrayed itself as a heist, heist kidnapping kind of film. Yeah, yeah. But in, it's in a horror world. Yeah, and it becomes a horror movie yeah. straight up. You know, it's a completely different kind of film, but it reminds me thematically in that way of the birds. Mm. The first almost half of the birds is like a romantic comedy. Yeah, yeah. it's like there's a meet cute, and there's like sort of a, a misconception about who the birds are for and then mm-hmm. she she plays the, she decides she's going to play this prank on this guy she goes to leave the birds and then they kind of fall in love and Aww. she meets his old ex and so there's sort of like this sort of thing before the birds show yeah. up where it's like a completely different kind of film and then it it turns on you uh, and this is kind of the same way where you have this sort of like heist kidnapping ransom mm-hmm. film that's very funny yeah and uh you know, I think in the description they refer to the brothers as bumbling, and you really, sure. you really pick up on that. Absolutely. Um, and then all of a sudden, it just turns on you, it and there's turns. like this weird monster guy. In it's it, a, you know? As soon as he gets to that village, like yeah. he goes into the village, and the old people warn him. Yeah. And you're like, oh, okay, this is that this Friday is... the Thirteenth moment, yeah. with the crazy yeah. guy. It's like 
don't go, don't go to that house. Yeah. No. You think of, you think of hot or not house. You think of cabin in the woods. Uh, you think of um, uh, cabin fever. Even and sure. they're like, don't, don't go up there. Just don't do it. <laughs> well, like I said, it reminds me a lot of um, the first two Friday the Thirteenth movies. I mm-hmm. think um, where they have the, I can't remember his name. Crazy Ray? No, not Crazy Ray. I don't know, but I'm pretty sure there's one of those in every Friday the Thirteenth. Well, there's there's a specific guy. Yeah, who um who shows up and warns the campers about oh, yeah, the place. Yeah, um, and he shows up in the second one and he dies in the second one. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but that character, that type yeah, of character, yeah, there's always the, uh, this ominous, crazy person. The harbinger. always a crazy person who's telling these kids not to do it. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes he's not crazy. Sometimes he's just the town drunk. Yes, they're the town drunk. <laughs> so, so what did you guys think of this movie? I had seen this movie before, and I actually had already liked it, which is why I mm-hmm. put it in the in the book in the first place. What did you guys think? Uh, Neil, why don't you go first? Well, I I have never saw it, um, and I actually did not do any research on it beforehand. I love going into movies completely blind and just like. Just being like, okay, cool, whatever it is. I freaking loved it. Um, I, I love some of that, like, just straight up. I, I don't want to call it campy, but it is kind of campy horror. Sure, sure. Um, Over-the-top deaths and, and yeah. a, a very, very disgruntled killer is always a lot of fun. But the, the actual way that the movie was presented and the story was told uh, through these two separate types of stories and then through just the the overall filmmaking itself, I... I really appreciate it. I really enjoyed everything that, that the director did and the the editor did and the music. The music yeah. stood out to me, too. It was yeah. very uh, almost Danny Elfman-like. It's very Danny Elfman-like. You're uh, absolutely it, right. It, I thought I was really hoping it was going to be Danny Elfman in the credits, but yeah. it wasn't. It was somebody else. and I was, But still, it was phenomenal, and it was fantastical and different for any type of horror world you would ever imagine. Yeah. So I, I dug it. I dug it like crazy. What did you think, Steve? I agree with a lot of what he said. Unfortunately, Steve's coffee countdown was not on my side for this movie. Oh. We'll go into that later. But, uh, I, you know, everything about it was perfectly enjoyable. My only other gripe is that, um, you know, the, the, the cover photo, so to speak. You can't really say cover box anymore. Well, I guess you can. The cover the, box the photo. Box art? Yeah, the box art. Mm-hmm. It's got the farmer's face right on it. Sure. So it's like I knew the whole time, like, oh, clearly this mangled... You know, a uh, uh, maniac is going to show up and start messing with stuff any minute now. Right. I did not see that. So it was sort of like if I hadn't seen that, I might not have the, – the farmer would have been so much more of a surprise. Mm-hmm. And it was still great all the way through. I love Tracy. Yeah. Don't get me started. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it was, it's like I, 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 wish, I wish the cover box had been more vague so that then when the farmer showed up, it was a real nice curveball of like, whoa, this is a slasher movie. And I didn't even know it. That is my wish. And then, unfortunately, I mean, we had a big talk before the movie started about how I needed coffee and, well, I'll try the iced tea. And I was dozing off. As soon as that car was driving down the road in the night, I would, like, notice myself dozing off. And it's oh, not no. the movie's fault. It's my own fault. Yeah. My caffeine quotient was low. What were you thinking? I think that seat makes me drowsy, too, because that seat sinks so far. Sorry. That particular just one. Comfy, man. It's just... It's, it's, it's not, really it's not yeah, you don't have to apologize for it. It's just a factor in the right. keeping me awake battle. Well, so, we should just have you standing for everything. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> I need to get like a, just like a like a little hand truck. Yeah. And I'll just stand on that and then we can just kind of lean it back just a little. Mm-hmm. Balance it on something. And that way I'm pretty much standing for the movie. <laughs> I want to I talk about somebody in the film. That Tracy? I, 
not, not Tracy, not Jennifer Ellison. The only other movie I've seen her in is Phantom of the Opera. Oh, yeah? And I don't yeah. really remember her in it that much. Right. She was like the friend. Yeah. Very minor. I want to talk about Andy Serkis. Sure. Andy Serkis is uh, awesome. He was really fantastic in this film. He does great I, work. I'm not... It's funny, he, he does good work, but I'm Always. I'm not a fan of a lot of the things that he's in. Oh, really? It's really? not him. Yeah, I'm not a Lord of the Rings guy. Oh, um, no. I'm not a, you know, King Kong. He always what does this like, motion capture stuff, what right? I like Burke and Hare and even in Planet of the Apes. Planet, Planet of the, the Apes. Apes. But yeah, he's good in Planet of the Apes, but again, it's like, it's not really, it's almost hard to like think like, oh, that's Andy Serkis because right. it's, you feel like it's an animal, right? Yeah. So it's the hard to judge. Capture. I mean, yeah, I mean obviously as an actor it's an incredible performance to make people mm-hmm. believe that you're an animal but at the same time I'm also like I want to see the guy act yeah. in this you actually get to see the guy act and he's always you know you always see this stuff with him being kind of like essentially goofy being an animal yeah. is kind of goofy even in Avengers um, Age of Ultron he's got a really small part in that yeah. and he's a little more badass in that but fingers crossed he comes back uh, he'll come back in that Black Panther for sure I can't wait he'll, can't need, wait. Um, he'll need a robo arm oh yeah um, yeah but he's kind of funny in that as well, and he's got he's not that strong. He's a kind of a weak not character because he gets his ass handed to him immediately by Ultron. The, but the point is, <laughs> well, the twins show up. Whatever. <laughs> That's um, the point. The Avengers were going to show up. They're he's going to get his ass handed to him. No yeah, what. but before that, Ultron slices his arm off. Okay. So you're going to get your butt handed to you after a robot slices my, your arm off. My point is that he's not seen as a strong character. Okay. Film, right? In this, he's a really strong character. Mm-hmm. He's kind of the straight man in this film. Yeah. Um, because everybody else is an idiot. He's yeah. like the smartest. He's like the one guy who's a criminal. He's kind of uneducated and stuff. But as evidenced by his poorly written note, that he, <laughs> you know, instructions. He's not book smart. Yeah, but he's very street smart. But he's also maybe even jail smart. He's also probably yeah. the smartest person in the film. Yep, right, right. So, it's. I thought his performance in this was absolutely standout. Oh, great! Absolutely incredible. Agreed. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually. It's funny because uh, earlier this week, me and my buddy had a conversation about who should play the next Freddy Krueger. Both of us said Andy Circus. Whoa, that's an interesting idea. Yes, and wow. I, we think Andy Circus would totally be able to pull out off that kind of character. You're a horror guy. Mm. I'm a no, no. I kind of no. That's not my thing. Yeah. Let <laughs> me t- let me tell you. Like I actually, did, I, I kind of there were uh, there was things that I liked about the last remake of mm-hmm. the film. Um, Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, you're talking. Yeah, and there's one thing I feel like they could have done that to me would have salvaged the film. What is that? And I would love to see this in in a future Nightmare on Elm Street. Okay, I'll take so, this. New line if you're listening. Um, Hire me to do it. Uh, I really would have loved it if Fred Krueger didn't do anything to the children. Oh, yeah. If he was killed for doing something that he didn't do. Really? And you that's think... why he was getting vengeance huh. on them. I didn't do anything to your kids. I'm going to do something now. In that case, they were trying to stick with the original where he, he was did. accused of it and like... But how how much of a like mind trip would that have been? And then, yeah. like, it, to me, it would have been like, yeah, you did so many no, things he's, different. He's out for revenge on a purpose. Yeah, I can tell you my gripe with that movie and why I hated sure, it. Sure, sure. Let's hear. They didn't know which Freddy to go with. Sure. When you look at the the Nightmare on Elm Street series, scary or the um, funny, you have two different Freddies. Yeah. yeah, you have your intense and scary Freddy, and you have your goofy kind of crazy Freddy, like when he kills someone in a video game. And that's when he got popular. Yeah. And that's when it got popular. But yeah. when you're when you're dealing with one film, one character, you can't teeter back and forth and be on that edge so often. Sure. 
that you don't know which one he's going to be. And I would have gone if either way would have been great. Sure. Um, and it would have given a whole different feel to the movie. But you got to pick that that specific type of Freddy. Sure. Mm. I, I can see that. Um, again, I think even even with the way he was, it would have actually felt a little bit almost more justified if yeah, if he wasn't if he hadn't actually done it. That's then like very the quips and stuff would have felt all the more like these people really created this monster. Yeah, you know that's very interesting, and that that would add a whole another dynamic to his character, people which wouldn't would be a coming. bad thing. Yeah, it's not a bad thing at all. I think that would actually make it very fascinating. New line, give us a call. Yeah. We're ready. This we is your team. This. It's your dream team right here. Right. We're ready we'll to make, go. We'll make the best Nightmare on Elm Street remake you'll ever see. Yeah, we will. <laughs> Step one, cast Johnny all. Depp. No. <laughs> oh. Can he be eaten by, by a bed? He, 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 sure. <laughs> he, can, he can do anything. Yes. We're going to let he him He can definitely be eaten by a bed again. Okay. So, I would love it. <laughs> all right. So I would like to talk about We Are Indie Horror. We Are Indie Horror. Tell me, where did this come from? Why? Why? Did, <laughs> why? why what's going on? Uh, well, started... Last October, actually, almost to the day, uh, mm. I had a screening of my latest short film, which is called A Shadow Fell, at the El Cid. And through that night, I saw so many incredible short films. Mm-hmm. Um, they were original stories. They were very well done, very scary. And they were all independent. Yeah. Um, it kind of flipped the switch in me that there is there's so much good horror out there and people don't know it. Because it's not getting promoted properly. Mm, sure. So the co-producer on A Shadow Fell, who is also my roommate, Brian Sapir, uh, we came together and kind of had the idea at the same time. Mm-hmm. We were discussing the other films and we're like, they're so good, why does nobody talk about them? Mm-hmm. And through that kind of stemmed the idea of We Are Indie Horror. Mm-hmm. And throughout November and December, we kind of started planning it and figuring out if this is actually something we should do or shouldn't do. Come December, I was invited to the guy who hosts, or uh, is one of the hosts of uh, the El Cid Night, invited me to his scary Christmas party, which we're scary doing again Christmas this year. Party. Yeah, it's awesome. It's nice. so much fun. Um, and I told him about We Are Indie Horror little, about a week or so prior to that. Mm-hmm. At the party, he comes up and goes, hey, has Neil told you about We Are Indie Horror? To every single person I'm talking about. Nice. Uh, and like at this point, it still wasn't even like a solid idea. Yeah. Well, by the end of that night, it became a solid, <laughs> solid idea. idea. Right. Uh, sure. We ended up having 100 followers off of our launch straight because of that party. Wow, that's great. Uh, it became insane. So we launched in January as just like a little Facebook thing where we're going to take a look at some of these independent filmmakers, kind of go deeper into them and, and promote their stuff. Um, and just over time, it has evolved over the past, what are we, in October? So 10 months now. Yeah. It's evolved into this whole big website where mm-hmm. we feature... Each week we will feature a new fear maker is what we call them because now Ooh. we we span beyond films. Sure. We don't just horror is more than just films now. Horror is music. It's haunts. It's books, comic books, graphic novels, um, and we find these artists and we feature them for a whole week, kind of yeah. show off their stuff, write a really nice article on them, and in the process we also cover independent horror news. Yeah. So we'll catch the newest trailers. We'll, we've been going to events and doing red carpets, meeting. Meeting independent horror filmmakers. You guys had a, a Scream Fest uh, presence yes, too, right? Yes, we, we actually got onto the red carpet for the Tales of Halloween opening. Wow. And um, that was a lot of fun. We talked to all those filmmakers. We talked to Darren Lynn Bowsman. We actually wow. talked to Jason Blum, who was there. Wow. And That's we good. talked to them about independent horror. We don't ask just the standard questions where'd the idea for this movie come from? Right. We don't care. Um, 
what we do. But at the same time, it's it's not what we're out. That's not what drives you. We want to talk about independent horror and and why why is it so ignored? At the same time, why is it so good? Sure. Um, everybody has very different answers, and it's really interesting. And we've come across just I over the course of this year, my thought on horror has changed completely. Hmm. Yeah. How so? Um, well, it started out, if you were asked me a year ago, what's the state of horror today? I'd be like, it's nothing but remakes and sequels, and there's mm. nothing original out there. Hmm. Yeah. You ask me today, it's you just have to find it. Right. It's, it's out there. It really is. And with all these new ways of, of finding movies, like VODs and, and like YouTube and mm-hmm. Hulu and Netflix, just look. Look a little bit harder than what yeah. they're recommending, and you'll find it. And right. you'll find some incredible... Incredible, incredible films, and over the course of this year, I've seen so many incredible, talented artists who are just not being talked about, and it's really unfortunate, because then you go to the movies and you see another sequel, or you see another remake, and you're like, why can't you do something original? Hmm. Sure. Does it make sense? Not that there's, not that there's, you know... No, nothing wrong There's with a place those. for remakes and reboots. Absolutely. Sure. Like, Town That Dreaded Sundown is a yeah. great example of how you do a remake. Sure. Um, we need to talk about that in uh, yeah, one of our two, two, two podcasts ago. ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh cool, yeah, yeah. yeah. Love so that it's, movie. it's very much where you're telling the same story, but you're doing it differently. Right. Um, there's just, but there's too many, there's too many retellings of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Sure. Mm. We, we've seen that story three or four times now, and sure. what else can you do with it? You can't make it anything new yeah. and original. I hear they're trying to make another Cabin Fever with the exact same script from the original. Oh, wow. Right. How does that make any sense? Don't yeah. do that. Do something original. Sure. You have so many incredible stories out there to tell, and nobody's doing it. So all we are indie horror is it comes from a passion of a hardcore horror fan wanting to see more and original scary things. So you talked um, a little bit about uh, that you've seen a bunch of... like. A- I guess what you probably consider up and coming artists, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. What are some over the last like year since mm-hmm. that's sort of been your uh, horror renaissance? It sounds yeah. like. Yeah. Um, what are some? Nick, can you name a couple of like films that you just like oh, you think people need to know about? Absolutely. Um, one I got to mention: Gene Blaylock of Sarah Films. Check out anything of Sarah Films. Visions. They actually have Betwixt Killer coming out soon and Among the Shadows coming out soon. Okay. Um, check those out. Those are awesome, awesome films. Um, then you have uh, Hamish Downey, who is a producer on a Silent, Phil, Silent Hill fan film, which is mm. amazing. And then he did this other very existential piece called Pieces of Eight, which was that was beyond incredible. Uh, who else do we have? Like, and if you want to span beyond films, we have Madison Rhodes, who is now trying to get a, uh, her escape game off the ground, which is called Crossroads Escape Game, and it basically is putting. Six, it's you and five of your friends into a horror movie. Mm, Each right. one has a very particular character, and uh, you go into a room and you have to solve all these puzzles. A physical room. A physical room. Not you're a locked, video game, not a board no, game. A physical room, and Whoa. you're locked into a physical room where you have to solve the puzzles. Here's the thing, though. If you find a key, that necessarily is not the key for your room. It could be, it could be a key for someone else's. That's great. The trick is, too, you can die in, die in this, too. Oh, boy. All right. Yeah, it's a whole game thing. It's great. Uh, just... So and then just everybody else, just everyone that we talk to. If you go to our website and you just, yeah. we have video upon video upon video. Uh, there's a new anthology film that just came out called Into the Dark mm-hmm. uh, by these two guys in Tennessee, and Into the dark. and it's like it, the horrors all over the place, sure. it's all over the world, all over the U.S. Uh, absolutely check out Into the Dark. It's fun throwback to nice like '80s '70s horror. It's amazing. Nice. Yeah. So what's um, coming up? that you're really excited about oh man so we're 
we're coming out of the Halloween season, so all the Halloween movies are kind of done. Sure. Uh, we have, at AFI Fest, uh, in the beginning of November, is screening this independent Turkish film called Baskin, mm-hmm. which we mm-hmm. caught wind of a couple months ago, and we've been nothing but excited to, to see it. Played at Toronto, um, and they, they loved it in Toronto. Yeah. Uh, it kind of looks like the raid uh, goes through hell. And it's just... But with no kung fu. No kung fu. Right. But you have demons and seances. Sure. And why not? That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I'm also Ooh. looking forward to the Christmas season this year. We have four different Krampus movies coming right. out. Right. Four of them. Four Krampus movies. Yeah. I knew it was um, one. Yeah, right? You have Krampus by Michael Daughtry, who did Tales, or, uh, Trick or Treat. Yeah. And then the other one that I'm super excited about is Spooky Dan's Sleigh Bells. Yeah. Uh, you have... Barry Boswick is in it, and if you don't know who Barry Boswick is, look him up right now, because he is a Rocky Horror Picture Show, you're an asshole, Brad Major's asshole. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, best He's in Tales Rocky. of Halloween. He's also in Tales of Halloween. I'm not going to spoil who his character is in Tales of Halloween, okay. because it's too awesome. Uh, <laughs> right. But he plays Santa in Flay Bells, nice. and he plays a biker Santa Claus. Nice. Yeah, and also Christina Cleave is in, is in Slay Bells, and she's from... Uh, Rob Zombie's Halloween. Yeah. She was also in Tales of Halloween. Um, she's she's a phenomenal, phenomenal fear maker as well. I saw one of her short films very recently. Oh, cool. Brutal. Super brutal. Had DDP in it. Really? Yeah. Diamond D- Dallas Page. Diamond Dallas Page. Didn't say a word, but it was awesome. Wow. Uh, yeah. So she's she's definitely someone to look forward look forward to. And she's all about this new women's movement in in film and especially in the horror genre yeah. showing that women can be just as gross and disturbing as men. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> Great. All right. Well, that's awesome. So um, you guys have a Facebook page. We are Indie Horror. Facebook.com slash We Are Indie Horror. We also do, we have our website, weareindiehorror.com, where we have, if you want, we have a free registration to sign up. You can talk within our forums. You can post if you need a job or post if you are looking for somebody sure. to work on something. It's all in our forums. You can find that there. We also are on the Instagram, uh, at weareindiehorror, and we're also on the Twitter thing, uh, at weareindiehorror, because apparently we are indie horror is too long. So we are hard. Twitter, or like you said, the Twitter thing. The Twitter thing. I don't. I don't do the Twitter thing. Someone else is doing that for us, and I'm so gracious for that. Thanks, someone else. <laughs> I am. Hooray. I am busy. <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah. we're glad to have you here, and um, you know, what you're doing sounds really exciting. And yeah. thank it's, you. Thank it's you. nice that there's um, I I, I don't want to say an underrepresented like part of film, but it kind of is. I mean, it, I, it is. <laughs> I, it, it's interesting because there's definitely you know there there are horror festivals. And mm-hmm. horror cons all over the place where it's yeah. just horror at cons, not yeah. oh, comic yeah. books so much there's and other Scare movies. LA. There's horror con. There's Monster Palooza, Monster Palooza Son of Monster Palooza, yeah. uh, yeah. Days of the Dead, and just yeah. you, so many. And horror is such a niche genre yeah. that it's it's really bizarre that so many horror fans are missing these incredible horror films. Hmm. We have we have a, a few listeners that. Um, I know because they're big horror fans. Um, uh, Leanne, um, mm-hmm. hey, what's up? And uh, Beth also. Uh, Guys, so, check us out. Yeah, love us. check out their site. Um, so yeah, so thank you for for being on. Uh, should we talk about Big Bad Wolves? Let's well, Big Bad Wolves. Should we talk uh, about Coffee Countdown? Do we need to deal with that? Or no, the, the that? Coffee Countdown was like instantaneous, and it's my fault. It's not the movie's fault. All right. But speaking of Big Bad Wolves, yeah. In the cottage, yeah. The guy who played the farmer, yeah. Dave Legino, 
I believe is how you pronounce it, played a big bad wolf in a little movie called Harry Potter. Yes. And Harry Potter, the, never heard of it. Jeez, <laughs> which one did he first show up in? He played Fenrir Grain, Greyback. That's probably five. I think five sounds about right, five maybe six, right. but yeah, certainly around there. That's when they sort of expanded the Death Eaters. Yeah. And this guy played Fenrir Greyback, and we learned tragically while looking him up that he passed away last July of 2014. Ooh. I won't mention whose birthday it was, no, but uh, <laughs> but uh, that was uh, some troubling news. Sad. Yeah, so sadly, if they do make of The Cottage 2... Make of the cottage too. If they make a uh, the cottage too, they'll they'll have to uh, unfortunately re recast the farmer. So respect to Dave. Respect, respect. Got to play Fenrir Greyback and the farmer in this great horror movie, The Cottage. Yep. Let's move on to Big Bad Wolves. Oh, Big Bad Wolves. One of my favorites. Yeah, it's, it's a good one. I've been avoiding this movie for a while. Why? Because the way I had had it described to me was that so much of it is just torture porn. And I don't go into that stuff. I know that now. Yeah, now you know that. But the people that explained it to me made it seem like it was... They made it sound like, oh, this movie starts with two guys have a man locked up in a room, and they just torture the heck out of him until they find out about There are probably three moments in the film. Exactly. Exactly. There's so much more to it. Which is what's so cool about this movie is that it's a a horror film. It's a torture film. Yeah. But there's so little torture in it. Yeah. Well, there's, there's, um, you know, torture amongst the... The people that aren't tied mm-hmm. up, you know. Yeah, like, yeah, they're, yeah. They're it's psychological. A, yeah, torture. they're tortured in a very, very different way. I would call this a horror noir. No, sure. yeah, all right. absolutely. There's like a mystery going on yep. there. It's very dark. It's a very rare form of horror to find. Uh, Clive Barker does it a lot. It's yeah. horror noir. But there's no, um, there's no women being evil in it, and you nope, know, I feel like no if evil you, woman. You're right. So yeah, that's true. But it's close the mom. <laughs> mom is the, yeah, the mom. It's a light horror noir. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's very. It's a very funny film. Uh, if you haven't watched it, stop listening and go watch it, and then come back. Mm-hmm. And Are there any adult women depicted in this? Oh, the real estate agent. The real estate That's agent. That's it. And we hear. We hear right, but we don't see it. All the rest of them are over the phone. Uh, so if you really yeah, think about what's it, that about? Like, it's only like five actual people in this movie. Yeah, there aren't a lot of actors yeah. in the film. Just brilliant. Yeah. Weird. All right, where More do we cops begin? Than anything else? More. Yeah, there's a whole lot of policemen. Well, that's for sure. First, it was Israeli. Yeah, which is awesome. Right. The uh, movie was shot in Israel. Huh? Shot in Israel. Two which, brothers, right? What is that? Are they brothers? They're two brothers. Yeah. Um, now, here's the interesting thing about Israeli film, though. Yeah. Not a lot of narrative horror comes out of it. Actually, not a lot of horror at all comes out of it. Israel has a very strict. Um, policy when it comes to making movies. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has to be approved by the Israeli Film Commission, okay. and they do not like horror films. Mm. There are three horror films that have come out of Israel ever, and that are at least like been decently distributed. All right. Big Bad Wolves is one of them. Yeah. The one before that was this was the same two guys who made a movie in 2010 called Rabies, which had a very Rabies. limited festival release in hmm. here. And then the other one is another one I've never heard of and I've never found or anything like that. It doesn't even have a clickable link Ooh. on Wikipedia. Wow. But it is a film that is out, uh, that is Israeli horror. But they don't usually do horror. And it could be along the lines of they see enough horror in their daily lives that there's no need for a yeah. horror film to be there. Or they just are very much, they want to keep this, this 
the film's about Israel and about living in Israel. Sure. Okay. And this was Fair. not about it. No. no. So they no. kind of went against the rules to make this movie. Yeah. Um, I don't think the Israeli Film Commission sponsored If you look in the credits, there's no thank you, Israeli Film Commission. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. I, I, I was actually kind of wondering if the um, there's a, a Palestinian character in, mm-hmm. in the film, and I kind of wondered if that was sort of the um, like the sweetener to like... Yeah, it's okay to make this horror yeah, film. Yeah, it's okay. Because there's something political in here, but they don't do anything with that character, no, really. That's kind of um, true. Well, yes and no. Yes and no. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll come back to him during the plot. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, this was the film that Quentin Tarantino said was his favorite film of 2013, right? Yes. Pretty cool. That's a pretty nice endorsement he, for... He saw it at AFI, I believe. Oh. I heard about it at, at, at AFI. I think he saw it before that. Oh, he might have, yeah. Yeah. Um, because I saw I saw the first showing if I oh, already had said oh they already that said that Tar- okay. it was Tarantino. So I saw the second mm. showing in FI and that's when they told us. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so you know it has uh, a pretty good endorsement going for it. I like it. Yeah. Should it's we now, the what? movie? Should we open? St- should we start at the beginning? Let's start at the beginning mm. with the Ritalin two scene. The Rit- the Ritalin two. Did yeah, you notice the that? Yeah, the Revenge of Ritalin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, for um, some reason, what is it? A bunch of kids playing at kind of a an abandoned school, certainly yeah, a dilapidated yeah, building yeah, of some like sort, an old elementary school or something. I, yeah, I but I had to say, it's my actually my favorite scene of the whole film. Oh the really? Film. Yeah. Um, it it it's so like staged, you know, like the way mm. the kids look at each other and stuff like that. Yeah. But it's so beautifully shot, and it tells everything you need to know about the film the intensity of the film yeah. mm-hmm. with right. one shoe yeah with one, one shoe you're right and it's Red just and it's shoe. so pretty and how they reveal the title on the roof of the building and yeah. it just um it just captures like what i like about the film in that mm-hmm. short period of time and that that one that one little red shoe that's a great way to look much. at it never yeah. thought of it that but you're absolutely right well, thanks. <laughs> I like this guy. Let's keep yeah. him around. All right. Stick around. So, um, these kids are playing hide and seek. Two yeah. girls and a boy. Recipe for disaster. Mm-hmm. Is it? In a hide and seek game, absolutely. <laughs> but the boy is looking for the two girls. So right. No no running off and... So the, this the, is the, true. The, the two girls, one wearing red with the little red shoes mm-hmm. and one wearing blue with little black Chuck, Chuck Taylor kind of mm-hmm. shoes. Oh man, you were observant of that. Yeah, I don't remember <laughs> seeing her shoes at all. Well, I, you know, I was paying attention because um, obviously their clothing was very vivid and yeah. I think kind of important. Um, and I knew for a fact about the shoe because I've seen the film before. Oh yeah, that's so true. So when they're running and they show the red shoes on the little red on the little girl's feet for the first time, they the camera moves. Um, and we see the second girl running just behind her in her shoes. And I just, mm-hmm. because I was oh, looking at the shoes, I just picked you. up on it. But Now the red, being Little Red Riding Hood, is my assumption. Right. Yes, because of the wolves. Big bad wolves. Yeah, there's a wolf looking for the girl. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, really, who is the wolf? We'll get to that later. Oh, snap. <laughs> oh, snap. Well, as we know by the title, there's more than one wolf. There's more than one wolf. There's a lot of wolves. So... Uh, the the two girls end up inside the building, and uh, the w- one in red hides yeah, in a cupboard, like a weird cabinet thingy. And uh, I never a understood. Wardrobe. Yeah, it's a wardrobe. wardrobe. It is yeah. kind of yeah, a, wardrobe. a wardrobe. 
She's going to Narnia. Narnia. Oh. No, so that's where no. she ended up, is Narnia. Oh. So, really not so. exactly. This. So, <coughs> um, for whatever reason, the girl in blue decides not to hide with her. Maybe it's just she feels it's too cramped in there for both of them. So she goes and hides in some sort of, like, concrete tube. Yeah, like a weird concrete <laughs> pipe. Yeah. Pipe? <laughs> Super weird. Um, and the little boy gets done with his countdown, and he almost immediately finds the girl in blue. And together they go she to get the girl. She's in a tube outside. Now, Pretty actually... close to where he was counting. Before, yeah. before we get to the girl in red, while the girl in blue is hiding, we see a shadowy figure cross the frame in the, the room where it has the cover. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when the girl and the boy show up to... When the boy's like finds the cupboard... And he opens it up and reveals, oh, hitting things, uh, reveals that the cupboard is empty with the exception of one s- sad little red shoe. Oh no! Mm. Heartbreaking, actually. Yeah, it's the way it's all portrayed. It's very heartbreaking. Quite. And then we see it written on the roof, big, big bad wolves. And the kids run outside, and for some reason, someone has spray painted "Ritalin 2 on the wall. And Which I just probably thought... means something that we don't. I don't, I don't know. I mean, you know, there's Ritalin, the drug that they make all the kids take these days. No. But it, and it was written in English. It was right? written, it was in, written in, in English. Yeah, yeah. And it was number two. What's that about? It wasn't written know. in Hebrew or anything. Not in like Hebrew, that. but in, in, in Israel, they actually have to learn English. They learn English at yeah. a very, very young age. Yeah. Cool. So actually, when, they're, when they made this movie, they were speaking on the set half English, half Hebrew. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. Just, that's just how they, they so, do it over there. They just, when yeah. I went to Israel, they spoke. Half English, half Hebrew. It was bizarre. Because <laughs> you'd wow. be understanding a conversation, and then all of a sudden you're not. And you're like, ah, uh, okay. Whoa. <laughs> what just happened? Now, when I say some names in this, I'm probably not going to say them correctly. Probably okay. Not. So. I can uh, help, maybe? Yeah, I'm just going to say them how I say them. <laughs> and I just apologize to the viewsters and anyone who's new to this listening. I don't mean to offend anyone. <laughs> I'm doing my best here. Offend everyone. So, um, Drawer? Drawer. 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 Mm-hmm. They say it's like a little differently, though. It's like Drawer. there's there's definitely a nuance to how you say yeah. the name. But uh, he's a school teacher, and he is clearly suspected for something because he's being drugged into a... Dragged? Drug, dragged. Dragged. He's being dragged into uh, what looks like uh, maybe an abandoned building. Yeah, just yeah. some big abandoned room. There's four police officers there. <laughs> Two kind of thuggish ones that put him in a chair. Uh, and then two maybe more detective mm-hmm. maybe more in charge guys. Um, one of them named Mickey. Mickey. You got that one right. Good job. Thank you. <laughs> Yay. All right. So um, I, I don't know if I ever picked up the other the other detective's name. Uh, Rami. Rami. You were yeah. correct. Yeah, that's right. Wow, I was just, te- I was just seeing Rami. if you pay attention to it. Yeah, yeah. So, I was playing, paying plenty of attention to this one. Rami. Because I fell asleep at the first movie. Yeah. A lot. You got it out of your system. Rami tells Mickey, you know, this isn't how we do it. We can't be doing this, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, he did it. I know he did it. Yeah. We're going to beat it out of him. Yeah. And so the phone book. The younger detectives are beating him up. And (laughs) there is somebody hidden in a doorway. Yeah, just some Some kid. kid. Some kid. He's got a cell phone, though. And, uh,. Their boss, um, Zvika. 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 Calls multiple times. And they don't answer, and then eventually they answer, and they said, "We're 
were questioning him. Yeah. He's like, are you questioning him or are you questioning, questioning him? <laughs> they're like, questioning, questioning him. And he's like, stop, stop, take him home. Yeah. Like, escort him home, get him there safely, blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, while that phone conversation is happening with Rami, uh, Mickey has taken a phone book out and is beating the crap out of drawer with a phone book. But the kid in the doorway is videotaping the whole thing. Oh, getting that eye video. Mm-hmm. That's going to come back to haunt everybody. Yep. And the kid, we find out, uh, uploads it to YouTube. We're, we oh, find yeah. that out in a couple yeah. of scenes. Who um, wouldn't? You get all the hits. Sure. Yeah. And you monetize that stuff and you start making some money. And, yeah. You know, it just works out well. Cops beating up suspected child. <laughs> yeah. So everything or they take finger. That's sick F. They take Drew to uh home. Yeah. But not to the home that they think that they have on file. Yeah. Right. To his parents' house. And they've got his bike in the back. Now we learned in the uh phone call with Zviki. Zviki. Zvika. 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 Okay. <laughs> uh that he says he ran into us with his bike. Yeah. So when they take him home, they give him money for his bike and for the trouble. <laughs> Which tells us probably they probably hit him while he was on his bike. Yeah, <laughs> most likely. But his so, bike didn't look messed up at all. Didn't look didn't look terribly messed up. But no. So they take him home. Um, he goes into the house. He hangs his bike up on a wall, like a in a wood paneled room with lots of paintings on the floor and artwork yeah. and things. Yeah. Assuming that's his parents' stuff. We find out later his parents are dead. So he probably has, like, pulled all of his parents' things off the walls in the house and put them in this, like, storage room. Oh, no. Um, and uh, Mickey gets called in to speak with Zvika. <laughs> Am I saying that right? Yeah, you got that right. Zvika. Okay. Uh, Zvika's kid is there. <laughs> Eric? Is that his name? Eric, yeah. Eric, yeah, with yeah. A. And that kid. Eric is no nonsense. <laughs> no. He is just dead. like his dad. Yeah. He is the... Son of a police captain. <laughs> so they essentially, um, Mickey gets a, a little bit of a threat that if he doesn't chill out on this crusade, this vendetta that he's on, uh, he's going to be moved to traffic. He's going to become a traffic cop. <laughs> now, Drawer, we find, is a school teacher. Yes. A high, some type of high school uh, He's a biblical studies right. teacher for what looks like to be around 8th or ninth grade. Sure. That's my assumption. The kids are passing notes during the exam. How dare they? And, Why during an exam? That's just yeah. stupid. So he confiscates so the note and they're like, it doesn't have anything to do with the exam. Please don't read it. Yes. Don't we, while Mickey is in the office with Zvika and Eric, don't they get that phone call? Mm. About the other... Yes. I wasn't from sure the guy saying, was... I'm the one that did it. And, uh, yes, that was actually in, during... Isn't that, that during that scene? Yes, it was during that one. Because then it was the next one he got called in yeah. and turned into the traffic. Yeah, so during the scene, he got the phone call from whoever being like, the girl is... I hear you're looking for a girl. Yeah. She's... Blah, 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 blah. And then they go and find her in the woods... But that's after the school teacher scene. Oh, sure. it is? I thought the school teacher scene was right after that. No, it goes oh. It goes to the phone call, school teacher scene, then to the woods. It's interesting because huh. for the sake of describing it, yeah. it probably doesn't matter. But if you were watching the film, it absolutely matters because yeah, time in the film 
is super super important like yeah. what day everything is mm-hmm. yeah even though they don't explicitly say this is a new day yeah days no, they... bleed together in it they, it is really important the order in which things happen absolutely um because but important things happen on important days yes so uh, but sadly we, it doesn't really matter on this, hmm. on this no, thing, but, really talk. <laughs> but um let's let's just talk about his school the note let's finish right. that mm-hmm. conversation because i don't think that's vital to the situation necessarily not yet um so he the kid's like this doesn't have anything to do with the exam please don't read it he opens up the note and it's a picture like a little crude drawing of him holding um a lollipop out to a child while holding mm-hmm. an axe behind his the back. bloody axe. A bloody axe yeah and he's got another lollipop in his in his shirt pocket oh no and he kind of brushes it off and just tells them to get back to work mm-hmm. and then as he's grading the papers there's all of these things that the kids have written on the tests, like rapist and child murderer. And Girl killer. Yeah. Girl killer, yeah. Which I thought was strange. Yeah. <laughs> well, it probably doesn't translate super well to... I guess so. I mean, it, it might be a little more nuanced in Hebrew. But... Yeah. So the, I don't know, the principal or the dean or whatever. The they call him Mir. Mir. Mir, yeah. Mir. He comes in and uh, you know, he's like, how are things going? Blah, blah, blah. Um, because... And this is where we find out the YouTube video has been uploaded. Yes. Yeah. Um, but Mickey doesn't know yet. He hasn't right. had that conversation with no, the boss. No, not yet. So. Um, he finds out after he becomes a traffic cop. After, after, yeah. After the phone call. Yeah. So you're probably right. To go discover the boss. So there is a phone call. Uh, so. Well, first, the special school scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm getting mixed up. It's getting late. It's getting late. So. Mir's like, well, you know, how the how are the students doing on the on their test on their exam? And he's like, I haven't really had a chance to look at them all yet. And so he, Mir takes one and looks at it and sees the stuff written on there, and um, he explains that yeah, the parents have sort of been worried and they've been saying stuff. Clearly, they poisoned the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the problem. Blah blah blah. But I'm sure it'll all blow over and you can come back to work soon. Yeah, soon. Essentially, he's on leave. Yeah. Now, there's a phone call to the police with a disguised voice of some kind. Yeah, I would um, say so. Telling them that they know where this girl is. Yeah. So. Poor little Mika. So. Yeah. Um, Mickey. You confused me when you said Mika there. So Mickey <laughs> and Rami go yep. out to the woods. Um, maybe, I got the feeling maybe it's like kind of like a national park kind of situation. Yeah. And Mickey is going one way, and Rami's going another way, and he's eating this cheeseburger wrapped in foil. Look delicious. You know what? I always feel like cheeseburgers in film always look good. (laughs) Um, You're not wrong. And so he's looking at the ground, and he's eating this cheeseburger, and then he starts to see gummy worms and gummy bears on the ground, a very Hansel and Gretel Mm -hmm. kind of thing going on here in a trail. And he starts to follow it, and he looks up, and he calls out to uh, Mickey. And says you need to come over here, and they they find uh, the girl, yeah, sitting in the chair, um, barbed wire mm-hmm. wrapping her legs, holding her to the chair, and yeah. her legs cut up. Her panties around and her, her shins, panties, yeah, down around her shins. Um, and then we get a, a wide shot where we see that she has no head, no, no head. And that's when Zika shows up and says, "Mickey, you're off this case." You're busted all the way down to traffic. Yeah. 
because mm-hmm. you let this happen. And the father shows up. The father shows up and is being restrained. The father of the the dead girl. He's yeah. in a. He's almost hulking out at that. Mickey point. kind of passes by as the father gets there and is being restrained. They get a glance at each other. Basically, the poor girl's dead, and the cops are saying it's Mickey's fault. Because when he took that guy in the wrong way, mm-hmm. and the cops were forced to let him go, he went and killed the girl, and now right. sent a message to, to send a message, and now they basically can't bust him again right. because they've already fouled up the investigation with that guy. Yeah, with Drawer. Right. Mickey goes to work as he gets his little new uniform. Yeah, <laughs> Trapper Copper, whatever. And uh, he's talking to a guy, and he's like, oh, you're famous, and shows him that there's this YouTube video of him beating the guy up. He's like, can you, can 40, you get... 40,000 hits in two days is what he said. Was it 40? I thought it was only four. I thought it was four, too, but... Oh, yeah, it was four. It's a lot. I remember it's thinking, than, that's a fairly low number. More than number. I worked on in two days, so uh, whatever. Probably, yeah, maybe four. Maybe. And this is, this is where I'm a little bit confused, because... So, he's he's been moved to traffic... Yeah. But then he gets called back in to talk to... Once they found the YouTube video. Once they found the YouTube video. Because he got, he got pulled off the case, put on the traffic, then they found the YouTube video as a right. as a company, and then he got put so, on leave. So he, then he gets put on leave. So that's very succinct. Yeah. So uh, Zvika tells him, you know, that he's basically that he's off. Mm-hmm. Off on leave. Is he on leave or is he flat out fired? No, he was on leave. Well, because I remember uh, Zvika said something like, "You're a you're a civilian now. You can do whatever I you think... want. Like I have to do it the cop way. You can do whatever you want." I'm not 100 percent sure. I'll tell you what Wikipedia says that yeah. he's fired. Oh, Wikipedia says he's fired. Yeah, huh. I, and I'm using Wikipedia for listeners. I'm using Wikipedia <clears throat> tonight for our our notes, just for our outline, um, just to kind of keep us on track as best as we can. I know <laughs> we, we get off track quite a bit. So get on Wikipedia and uh, change it around to confuse us. Yeah, perfect. So too bad they'll hear this way after. <laughs> it's true. Zika, but basically, try. what you said yeah. tells them that you know, as a cop, he can't touch him, can't yeah. follow him, can't try to get any information out of him. But as a civilian, he could as, as long, long as, as he doesn't right. get caught. Yes, that's, that's advice great, my dad used to give me. Great little, yeah. great little smirk the the captain gives him there at, at that point. Yeah. yeah. Zvika looked terrifying. He looked like a terrifying man. And and the implication is that if he gets a confession from Drawer, he it will clear his name and he'll be mm-hmm. able to be reinstated as a detective. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, the case is Rami's. Yes. So um, the girl's father, Kiti, Gidinka, uh, Gidinka, yeah. He, he had a complicated name. They called him. They yeah. kept calling him Giddy, but his name is Gudinka. Sure, you said it right. It had a, an apostrophe in it too. Giddy. Giddy? Giddy. Yeah, I think his dad calls him Giddy, Giddy. or Giddy, something like that. All right. <laughs> um, he also suspects that Drawer is the the killer, mm-hmm. and um, he s- starts to plot a kidnapping. We see yeah. him putting some things together. Uh, in the meantime, we also see Mickey putting some things together. Yeah. Um, Mickey. Uh, oh no no no! Drawer. We learn has a daughter of his own. Right. And he has a phone conversation with his wife. 
Um, and he's like, it's her birthday. I really want to see her. And she's like, nah, you can't see her. Meanwhile, he's looking at this class, this girl's in a ballet class. Yeah, first he, he goes and hangs out at a playground. And then he goes and sure. looks at he's a ballet class through a window. Yo, dog. When you're in that kind of trouble, you don't go hanging around a playground no, you're drawer. Totally right. You're totally right. But anyways, so he's like, I want to give her this bike that I got her. I know she's got um, she's got ballet. Maybe I can see her after that. And he's yeah. looking at the ballet class and stuff. And Mickey and uh, Giddy are both like prepping it all this time. Yeah. And then we see that Drawer indeed has a little ballet girl at his house and he's mm-hmm. made the birthday cake for her. Uh oh. And he lights the candles on it. No, it's sweet. And, yeah, it's totally sweet. It's his daughter. Sure. So It's gotta be his daughter, right? It's gotta be his daughter. So <laughs> Well, they've all seen the uh, the movie at this Hopefully, point. Yeah, that's true. Hopefully you all have seen the movie. Because otherwise you were missing something incredible. So, um, then we see on another day, maybe the next day, probably, Thursday, I would assume. We no, because yeah. would it be Thursday at this point? Well, yeah, it is Thursday at this Thursday. point. Thursday. Yeah, we'll we'll cover that again later, but... That's right. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll cover the thing that we kind of missed yeah. a little bit later. Um, now he's sitting, now George's sitting in the park. He goes to the park again. He goes to walk his dog at the park. But we missed the real estate scene. Oh, we did miss the real estate the scene. The real estate oh, scene, so baby. In the prep. In the prep. It's yeah. Okay. yeah. No, no big deal. It's scary, though. In well, right now we're at three, we have three separate stories. Yeah, it's, it's going back and forth. Hi, Walt. Walt's coming by to visit. Oh, hi. That means Desiree. Hi, Desiree. She just waved. <laughs> so, um, in the prep, in the prep for all of this. Giddy goes and buys this house yeah. out in the middle of nowhere, in near, a hell the, hole. near the border. Hell hole. They refer to it as a hellhole. Yeah, and uh, he gets the um, real estate agent to go down into the basement with him, and he, he says, "You stay down here, count to ten. I'm gonna go upstairs, count to ten, and then start screaming." And she's like, "What?" And he's like, "My son <laughs> plays the drums. Yeah. Uh, I want to make sure it doesn't disturb me." So, uh, reason, she also offers him sex. Well, That's what she it, kind of implies like, that she's willing yeah. to, yeah. She's about to hit um, on him. And, I think like, let's go check out the bedroom first. I think no, they've boned the before. And she's like, she's like, tested out. Oh, yeah. yeah he's I an think, adulterer. I think those two have boned and down. He's before. an adulterer, yes. Yeah, he is an adulterer. So maybe they probably have boned before. No, that's very likely. So. <laughs> I think they have. Uh, when he goes upstairs and outside, you can't hear her screaming. Right. So, success. So he takes the, he buys the place. Good because those drums get loud. Yeah, they, they do. do. <laughs> How you doing, Des? You want to say hi to the viewsters? Oh, they did not hi. hear that. There you go. Um, so then we get drawers kidnapping. He goes to the park with the dog. Yeah, and just as uh, Giddy is going to get out of his car to abduct drawer he sees mickey sneaking up yep mm-hmm. mickey has a taser. Uh, a taser yeah. stun gun stun gun is yeah. it stun gun yeah okay. taser, taser, fires taser fires the, right oh, taser fires, fires the, the wires he's got like kind of like a little shocker cattle yeah. type of thing but like, like in batman on. returns sure oh yeah so um <laughs> I thought about that movie forever. the dog yeah. runs up to him and he tries to get the dog to go away the dog does not so he pulls the gun out <laughs> And he puts that dog down with the 
Again, the dog doesn't necessarily die, but he gives the dog three or four extra yeah. little shots. Yeah. And then, of course, that's when Dror turns around and hears his dog in pain. He turns around and sees him, and he starts a running. Yeah. And they start running through... Back alleyways. Back alleyways. You said this is Tel Aviv? Yes, it looks like Tel Aviv. That big building in the back is straight up in the middle of Tel Aviv. Cool. It's a good foot chase. It is. Uh, Garbage cans get knocked over, and... Walls alleys get, get jumped. Yeah, walls get jumped. Yeah, it's good chasing. You're yeah. right. Good, pretty good little chase scene. And it ends with uh, a blocked alleyway. Yeah. And Drew tries to get past this truck but can't squeeze through, and he's caught. And Mickey Fudge. shocks him unconscious, stuffs the body in his trunk, and Giddy, getting mixed up on the names, man, mm-hmm. Giddy sees this and tails them. Right. And tails them out into the middle of some the forest. Wilderness. Out the yeah. And Mickey gets him, uh, uh, gets Drawer out of the car, gives him a shovel and says, start digging. And he's trying to, you know, find out where are the heads and you just, you need to confess where the heads are, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, Mickey takes a gun out. Removes the bullets, puts one back in, does like a little Russian roulette thing to try and scare him. And when he fires down towards uh, Drawer's leg, it doesn't fire. So he takes a second bullet out and puts that in and spins it. He does this till there's three bullets in there. And then Giddy shows up with a shovel. (laughs) Another shovel. Another Another shovel. shovel. Hits him on the head with the shovel and knocks him out. Yup. So... He's like, help me get him in the car. Yeah. And he tells yeah, he smart. tells uh, Drawer that he's with internal affairs. Right. So they get him in the car, and he's like, okay, now, you, Drawer, you can get in the car. Does he... Drawer starts to walk away. Yeah. Yeah. And he takes a shovel, and he hits Drawer. Another, well. another shovel nap. And then when he wakes up, he's in the basement. Yeah. Attached to the chair that he has set up previously in the film with bolts in the f- the floor. Yeah. Uh, straps. Leather his straps, arms. his arms, yeah. yeah. Um, so he has drawer tied to the chair, and he has Mickey handcuffed mm-hmm. uh, upstairs. upstairs. Yeah, with tape point, on yeah. his mouth. Yep. Oh, yeah, the tape on his mouth, yeah, yeah. So he takes the tape off, of course. He's like, are you crazy? Don't you know him? And he puts the tape back on. He's like, look. We should have an understanding here. Takes, oop, knock my mic around. We're adults. We'll talk. Yeah. yeah. So he we'll takes the tape him. off and he offers him some potential s- solutions to the jam that they're in. Mm-hmm. Do you guys remember where they are? The first one was. I know. I remember the second one. I remember the first one. Uh, I know the second one was he gets framed. He gets framed for the murder of Jordan the, in the downstairs. Mm-hmm. The first one was he run away. And he kills him. He kills him. Yeah, yeah, he would kill him. Then the third option was he becomes an accomplice. Yeah, and that's that's the best option for really everybody in, involved. So pretty much that's the one he goes for. So they go downstairs. Don't blame him. Actually, I think but, yeah, they both want the information. Yeah, they both um, are out. They both believe both he's, have the same goal. He's guilty. So uh, Giddy tells Drawer a fairy tale, which is sort mm-hmm. of the theme of this whole thing, right? The big bad yeah. wolves theme. So we got new big bad wolves here. He tells him the, the fairy tale about the wolf that's stalking the young girls. Mm-hmm. 
and what he does to the girls and how he doesn't he... just frighten them in the woods and swallow them whole right <laughs> no, he... now this wolf drugs them and violates all of their holes is what Buh. he says <laughs> quote unquote um he breaks their fingers mm-hmm. pulls their toenails off but he lets them he lets them sleep it off first he breaks their fingers till they pass out. Then yeah. when they wake up, he then pulls off all the toenails, yeah. lets them pass out, then wakes up and cuts off their head. Yes. Uh, With a rusty saw. With an old rusty. Two of the girls were awake for it. Bluff. And he he throws the photos of the headless girls mm-hmm. at him. And he, he wants to know where the heads are. Where is the head of my daughter? Yeah. I have a daughter of my own. I didn't do it. That becomes the whole rest of the movie. I didn't do it. <laughs> the So then they decide that they're going to play... Well, they've decided at this point that they're going to play bad cop, bad cop. Yeah. <laughs> and they're going to break his... They start with breaking of the fingers. <sighs> and uh, Mickey does confirm with him that they aren't going to violate all of his holes, right? Yeah, well, he yeah. says, like... Oh, well, I guess he says, shouldn't, tells him that, yeah. yeah but he says, but, Mickey's like, shouldn't we, like, you know, plug him first? And Giddy's like... I mean, you're not really into that, are you? Like, yeah, it's we... like we should follow. We should follow exactly what what he did. Bacon right? McCabe, yes. So we should date him. him, and that that means we're gonna plug all his holes. <laughs> Unless you're into that, <laughs> he's like, we can skip some of this stuff, you know. <laughs> so uh, they flip a coin for who's going to start with the breaking of the fingers. Yeah, Mickey, and they wins lose that. the coin. Yeah, they lose the coin. Oh my god! Yeah. So Tora's just sitting there, just oh my god, the tension just yeah. builds and builds and builds. Uh, Mickey has a hard time doing it face to face, so he gets behind mm-hmm. him, and he does break Ooh. a finger oh. with his hands, with his bare hands. His bare hands just yanks it Snap. back the wrong way. Oof. Makes god. one of the worst sounds I've ever heard. <laughs> it is uh, Giddy's turn to break, and he decides he's going to use a hammer. Good old-fashioned hammer. And just before he can do the hammer, his phone rings. Oh, yeah. And it's his mother. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. He goes upstairs. stereotypical mother. He goes upstairs to talk to the mother. And, um... While he's up there, Mickey tries to get Drawer to talk. Yeah. Nothing really happens there. No. Now the mother Drawer kind of guilts him a little bit. Though. Yeah, Drawer reminds me. He's like, "I've got a daughter. Got a Why daughter. would I ever do that to somebody else's daughter?" It's like you're right. you're a father yourself, right? Right. I, I, I would assume, right? Like he your starts father, right? to believe him. He, he he lays it out right there. So yeah, you don't catch Giddy, it the first time. Giddy has um this conversation with his mother <laughs> about that new house and how he split from his wife and all this stuff, and the the mother's guilting him like. Oh, at a, especially at a time like this, you sh- you should be there for her mm-hmm. and all this stuff. And she's like, "We're coming over. Your father and I are coming over." And he's like, "No, no, 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 no. I'm sick." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, they have a very like guilt-filled con- conversation. Over <laughs> breaking the phone. my heart. Yeah. yeah. I want you to know you've broken my heart. Yeah. <laughs> so well, you... we're bringing you soup. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he he gets off the phone with her. And he goes downstairs and picks up the hammer and he lays into a hand. Yeah, oh, he yeah. does. Lays in the whole hand. Not just one finger. Yeah. The entire hand. Takes out his uh, anger for his mother out on this guy. <laughs> yeah. 
It's I mean, gnarly. Who but Mickey stops him after the first few blows. Yeah. And then Gidi is like, uh, whoa, what happened? Are you like, did this guy sweet talk you? Like, are you starting to believe him? Mm-hmm. So he knocks Mickey out with a gun. <laughs> he pistol whips him, knocks him out, chains him to a post. Handcuffs him, yep. Handcuffs him to a post. And gags him. Of course. Puts a dirty gag in his mouth. Which I think he could have easily reached with his hand and gotten out of his mouth. I think so, too. I've never got that, though. Like, when they put the gag in the mouth, like, how come they can't ever pull it out? Or they can't spit it out or, like, move it out with their tongue? I I mean, I've never been gagged like that, so... I mean, you know. (laughs) I guess if it's tied a certain way, it just really pulls back and... Sounds like we have a plan for next Saturday night. No, (laughs) that's Halloween night. So... I mean, no one will question. He, he <laughs> just, after yeah, after uh, Mickey is chained up, it's time for the toenails. Oh, gross! That was uh. so awful. So he takes off the shoe and the sock, and you know he tries to get the information. Of course, Dora's like, "I didn't do anything. So just do your do thing. Just do just do it already." Yeah. Um, and he proceeds to pull those toenails off with some pliers. Oh yeah, he definitely gets three of them off. Yeah. Um, after the first one. Uh, he gestures with the pliers, and you can see the toenail you in, can the see it in the pliers. It's oh, God. pretty so gnarly. intense. Oh, God. <laughs> and before he gets to the fourth toenail, there's a buzz. Yeah, at buzz the at the door. door. <laughs> so he goes upstairs and opens the door. Who's at the door? Daddy O. Daddy O is at the door, and he's got the soup. He's got soup. He's got soup. That always brings good soup. Dad, if you're listening, you make good soup. <laughs> All right, good soup, Dad. Daddy always brings good soup. It's the truth, though. Wait, did we miss the horseback rider, or does that happen while his dad's? Uh, that was before the dad actually. So the horseback rider shows up. It's interesting. We we didn't really talk about it because the scene I don't think has any consequence really to the film, other than to to say something in subtext, right? Yeah. yeah. So there's uh, he takes he takes a break after. He's locked the men up, right? And he yeah, goes outside. So, yeah. yeah. He goes outside and rolls a cigarette, and a horseback, a Palestinian horseback rider, shows up. And probably, if you don't know that there's animosity between the two, if you're not, <laughs> not that well educated, yes. you get that later in the film that there's a fear of between each other, yeah, and a hatred. But you don't pick that up in the scene. No, they're right? very, very civil with each other. Um, and. The horseback rider goes up and he sees that he's rolling a cigarette and he says, you know, can I get one? And he goes, here, you can take mine. And he takes one drag off of it mm-hmm. and gives it back. And he's like, that's it? And he's like, my wife won't let me smoke. That's your all I need. Your wife. And yeah, and he says, your wife. Your wife. <laughs> and I, and I, you know, I mean, do you guys have any feelings about the scene? Well, um, didn't you point out, Neil, that uh, when the Palestinian man shows up, he greets him with a salam alaikum. Yes. And then. Yeah, and Gidi speaks back to him in, in Arabic. Yeah. In Arabic. Mm-hmm. And they speak Arabic throughout that conversation. And then right. They, at the end, instead of saying shalom, they, they say uh, shlaka, I think is how you say goodbye in Arabic. Mm-hmm. Don't quote me on that because I'm not 100% sure. But yeah. they, they speak Arabic throughout the whole conversation, which shows that they are civil with each other. Right. Both men are intelligent and understanding of each other. Right. Which, what that context really means per the film I don't know, 100%. But government-wise and, and that... So, I'll tell you my, my thought on it. And I'll kind of address when you see the man on horseback again, but we won't go into detail what that scene's about just yet. 
Um, because we see another character interact with that man on horseback and is frightened by him mm-hmm. because of the expectation of who the Palestinians are. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think that the purpose of the scene is just to show through subtext um, who the wolf really is. Yeah. Right? Yeah. On the okay. outside to the average person in Israel, mm-hmm. the wolf is the Palestinian. But he shows up and it turns out he's civil. Right. Meanwhile, the real wolf in sheep's clothing is being very, very civil, but he's got guys locked up in his basement. Correct. Yeah. And he's torturing. Okay, I think you're, I, so, you're and also the wolf spot on with that. So that might be the school teacher that's tied to the chair for allegedly beheading a tiny girl. Sure, you, right. So the school teacher could be a wolf. We know for sure Mickey's a wolf. We know for sure that Giddy is a wolf. Yeah. We have another wolf that we've sort of talked about. Um, we'll get back to that now. Buzz. <laughs> Who's at the door? At the door? <laughs> so, um, the father, um, Giddy's father, Giddy's father has this conversation. They eat their soup and they have this conversation about um, what Giddy's going through. And yeah, what else does the father show up with besides just soup? A rifle. He's got a rifle over yeah. his shoulder, like it's no big deal. Oh well, they're going into the middle of the hellhole. Yeah, right. the Arabs. They're on the border, you. right? Yeah, you don't you don't go in unprotected. I mean, yeah, that's just a very general, right? General and, idea. And we do learn that, okay. that the father is an uh, a war veteran. Yeah. Well, well, in Israel, well in Israel, you are mandated to join the war or join the army at eighteen. Yeah. Everybody, right? Everybody. Sure. But, but males everybody I think there's a difference between joining and actively participating in torture, which is implied by the fact that yeah. the father is... Well, it, whatever they teach you in the Israeli military is very, very secretive. Yeah. Ex- except that in the film, he specifically says that they, they don't teach they you guys this stuff this anymore. anymore. Yeah. So we know that he probably put... The father is going to put some things into use that he probably put into use during the war. Yeah. Um, so, really? so ultimately, um, he, they hear a noise downstairs and he's it's a rat, like, you have a rat. It's a big ass rat. So, <laughs> so, uh, Giddy says, I'll take care of it. I'll go down and, you know, deal with it. And, blah, blah, blah. and so he goes down, um, and he is about to do something. What is he about to do mm. when the father comes down? He's about to hit one of them, right? Yeah. I think he's about to hit Mickey, maybe. No, really? Why would he be about to hit Mickey? Oh, no, I remember what he has. He, oh, um, he's got the screw. He's got the screws. He rebolts oh, yeah. the, the chair back to the ground. And then he, he cuts. He says, yeah, he do, the point no more noise, do you understand? And he he, the, the guy, he's not if you understand, okay. he doesn't nod. And he cuts drawer across Ooh. the head with a nail. Yeah. And then he turns to Mickey, and he's threatening Mickey. And he says, you know, do you understand? And that's when... The father shows up downstairs, and he's like, "What is going on?" Right. So they go back upstairs Very calmly, though. Yeah. What are you doing, son? Because <laughs> he's gonna have his back no matter what, right? Yeah, it's like of course. Kid. So, so they go upstairs and they have this conversation, and he, he tells his father. Giddy tells his father um, the story about um, how he's got to get you know find out where the head is it's because. This is responsibility, and you're not supposed to bury your child. And my, I, my wife yeah. certainly shouldn't have to bury her child without a head. Correct. Yeah. And he feels guilty. It was he says it's his fault because he should have picked her up that day. That so he missed picking her up, and uh, he was getting a beach. Yeah, from his secretary, yes. catching a beach. 
So <laughs> from his own employee. The dad's like, Ugh. "There's nothing I can do to like prevent you from doing this," and he's like, "Nope." Nope. And so the dad's like, "Well, let's do it right." Yeah. <laughs> um, and enters the fourth wolf. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the fourth wolf has, has arrived, and he says, "Have you tried the fire test yet?" And that's when the conversation about, "Oh, they don't, they don't teach you." Yeah, they don't teach you this, this stuff, stuff anymore. anymore. So um, he's like, "Go get a blowtorch." So the dad goes downstairs and sits down across from them. And oh no, he actually goes down and starts to threaten Mickey. Right, Mickey's the pedophile. <laughs> and then Giddy comes down, and is like, "No, it's the wrong guy." I could see how you made the mistake because Mickey looks more like a pedophile. Than yeah, guy. he would have heard a fly. And that's a great point. That's, that's another great moment I really love from the film where yeah. he says he wouldn't hurt a fly, and Giddy says that's why he does it to little girls. Yeah, yes. um, and it's a it's a great line that kind of cuts to your core yeah it reminds because you spend so much time watching these people torture this guy and you're not really sure you're not 100 percent sure whether drawer did it or not right there, there's definitely some doubt so there so you get kind of inundated with this adult like caper that you sort of forget about the kids after a while mm -hmm. yeah. and so for him to like bring that up and to say it that way i think kind of brings it back for you yeah. um, reminds you why they're doing it so um so they get the blowtorch out and they rip they rip open drawer shirt. This one's intense. Yeah, and they cook his chest. They do. Oh man, it smells like barbecue. Yeah, it's so unfortunate that his dad's a vegetarian now. <laughs> yeah, okay, because it just makes him hungry. Yeah, Giddy, when you were a boy, didn't you love hot dogs? And then they go into hot dogs. Now, what they don't Whoa. know is that when uh, the father came down and saw Giddy down there. Um, Giddy dropped his little jar of nails and screws. Yeah. Mickey has been hiding a nail under his foot this whole time. Right. And when the father and son go upstairs to talk, Mickey tells Dror, you need to tell them where to go find a head. And he's like, yeah. I didn't do it. And he's like, just tell them. It'll get them out of here. I've got this nail. I can get us out of here. But you need to take some more pain first. And the yeah. guy gives him this look like, look at me. I'm bleeding all over. Mm -hmm. um, but he basically agrees. He lets his chest get cooked. So the chest gets cooked. And it is Ugh. a wound. Mm -hmm. Then they oh, decide so to aim the blowtorch towards the crotch. The hot dog. The hot dog. You like hot dogs, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, who doesn't? So he's like, okay, I'll, tell, I'll talk, I'll talk, I'll talk. And so they button his shirt back up, and he tells them that there's a construction site where they're building some new, a new wing at the school. Yeah. And uh, he buried it underneath a fan in that construction site. Yeah. And so... Oh, man. Uh, Giddy... I have to, like, stop and think about their names every time. Yeah. <laughs> Giddy tells his father, can you watch them? I'm going to go check this out. And the father's like, you can trust me. Giddy leaves. The father gets a phone call. Tika, 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 tika. And uh, it's, he puts it on speakerphone, so we get to hear. You <laughs> get to hear the mom. The mom. Yeah. <laughs> she's amazing. And she's like, how can you have a call? Blah, blah, blah. He's like, I'm doing stuff with the son. And she gets on him and she's like, have you taken your pill? And he's like, I forgot. And she's like, you have to take it. You need to eat something solid beforehand or else you get gas. And, blah, blah, blah. and he's like, no, 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 no. I don't really get gas. So, he goes upstairs to look for something to eat. Um, 
There's only one thing to eat in the house. There's only one thing to eat in the house. Mm-hmm. We didn't really talk about it, but we'll talk about yeah, it now. That was a montage scene. So, as part of the prep, now we remember, um, Mickey asked him, don't we need to sedate him because he feeds the, the kids candies and cakes that mm-hmm. are sedated. Um, at some point after Mickey is chained up, uh, Giddy makes a cake mm-hmm. with sedatives in it. Yeah. It looks delicious. And, uh, is it in the fridge? He, he <laughs> cuts a piece out to try to feed to uh, Drawer, but Drawer doesn't eat it, so nothing ever happens to that piece of cake. But he leaves the rest of the cake in the fridge. So anyways, uh, of course, the father, the father finds the cake and is like, ooh, cake. <laughs> Dads love cake. Now it's got delicious cream cheese icing. Well, yeah, should not be good. So uh, I might go get a cake after this. Giddy goes <laughs> a late cake. Gets to the school, and he finds the van, and he starts digging. The father shows up back downstairs with a piece of cake. He's like, "You won't be offended if I don't offer you any." And yeah. the two guys are just <laughs> looking at each other like, "Is he going to really eat the, the cake? The drug cake?" And he gets uh, a couple right. bites in, and then he. Got some dry mouth, so he goes to the sink to get some water, and he starts to pass out. Yeah, that stuff hits hard. <laughs> Drops the, the glass in the sink, and then he falls down on the ground. Three bites, and he was done. And uh, that's when Mickey gets the nail and gets his handcuffs off. And uh, he's like, "I'll come. I'll go get help, and I'll come back for you." And Drawer's like, "No, no, no, no. You can't. You can't leave me here." So he starts to undo Drawer, and then he's like, "No." You're going to slow me down. You're going to slow me down. I can do this faster on my own. So he leaves him tied up in there. Mostly tied up. He actually... His his left hand is is unhooked. But it's that hand crushed. is smashed completely. So he can't really get the other strap off. Mm-hmm. So um, Mickey gets outside and he gets on this little bike that was left there. There's a little reference to it. It's <clears> not really that important. There's a bike there. He gets on this kid's bike and rides off through the woods. Giddy doesn't find a head no. underneath the fan. And he... To be fair, he doesn't really dig all that deep. Uh, he's like three or four feet down. I'd say two. Whatever. He digs down a little bit. There's no head. A little bit. He feels like he's been duped. Yeah. So he's pissed off. So he gets in his car and he starts speeding back. And there's like these kind of dueling shots of... Giddy driving back really fast and taking mm-hmm. these turns really fast and screeching around corners and whatnot. And uh, Mickey on his little BMX <laughs> going through the forest. Um, this is where Mickey meets the guy on the Mickey horse. Mickey meets the guy on the horse. So this is the, yes. the other scene with the guy on the horse. Oh, and that's where we see the, sort of the, the prejudice mm-hmm. that some people have. Yeah, Mickey immediately puts his, puts his hands up. up. He's like, don't shoot me. And, and there's not really much of a hint that the Palestinian, Palestinian has a gun, right? No, right, there's, yeah. no, there's no hint of that. He's just on a horse. He just was, he's found a Palestinian in the middle of the night and he yeah. got scared and put his arms up. Yeah. Um, and there's a conversation sort of about, like, that's what you expect of us people. And mm-hmm. and he's like, you wouldn't have a cell phone. And he's like, well, I wouldn't have a phone because I'm primitive. That's what you want to <laughs> think. You know, and, and he hands him the phone and it's an iPhone. And he's like, 4S. 4S. <laughs> S4S. I think. Yeah. It's, S4, yeah. Backwards, I guess, over there. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we're backwards. Well, they do right. Uh, Right to left instead of left to right. Uh, so, yeah, it's backwards. <laughs> so, uh, Mickey makes a phone call to Sveka. To yeah, to yeah. like tell the police this is what's you got to come out here, and he's like, I got to talk to Sveka, Zvika, and uh, 
and the secretary puts him on the phone and Zuko's like, I've been trying to get a hold of you all night, blah, blah, blah. And then your, in the back, he's like, your, your wife's here. Hysterical. Yeah. And, he, and then he hears his wife in the background. She's like, is that him? Give me the phone. And she gets the phone. She's like, where is she? Um, And he's like, where's who? Getting chills just thinking about that. And intense. she's like, you picked her up after ballet class. What did you do with her? And that's when he realizes I didn't pick her up. From ballet class, he was too obsessed. He was, he was too yeah. obsessed Roar. with setting up the his plan. Yeah, yep. getting his go bag ready and the shovels, and he hangs up on them. And he starts running. He books it. All leaves the, way the bike. Doesn't ask for the horse. Mm-mm. Just starts running back, and he starts running through the woods. Giddy gets back to the house, and he gets downstairs and sees that his, that Mickey's gone. Doesn't really care too much, though. Doesn't care so much about that because his father is unconscious on the ground yeah. and he's, like, really worried about his dad. Yeah. Um, and so then he goes back over to Drawer and he straps him back in. And then he turns around and starts looking at the tools. Mickey gets back to the cabin. And he creeps in. Like, try not to be too obvious. Right. Uh, does he... He stops and gets the a oh, wrench, like a, like a, a yeah, wrench. like a big adjustable wrench. Yeah, and then he heads starts heading through the pipe wrench. Thing. Yeah, that's what it is, pipe wrench. Yeah. Uh, the the tunnel to the downstairs yeah. basement area, mm-hmm. which was strange. It was a oh, little that's weird. so cool looking though. It, it was, was really cool it was looking. great looking, but it's like why would that tunnel be up in the high part of the house <laughs> and to then lead, lead to down. a stairway that then goes down well, into the, the basement? T- it's interesting because the it's door cool in the living yeah. room. The door in the living room went down two or three steps into the tunnel. Yeah. And then there was a tunnel, and then it turned left, and then a longer tunnel to a door that led to stairs. Yeah, the den went underground. But Who knows very like, strange setup. Like yeah. It was cool, though. It did look cool. Yeah. So he um, is going through the tunnel, and uh, Giddy gets the rusty saw. Oh, yeah. And he goes over, and he's like, it's time for this. And he... Mm-hmm. Starts sawing into that guy's neck. Right to the jugular. Blood squirting everywhere. And and that's when uh, uh, Mickey comes in and he's like, what have you done? What have you done? He's like, we got to save him. We got to save him. You you guys go grab something for me to put on him. And the father's awake now. He's like trying to hold the blood Yeah, and he's like, tell me where you hit her. Where did you hide my daughter? And that's when Gideon. Gideon and his father are like, what have we done? Yeah. And uh, obviously, Drawer can't talk. <laughs> right. Yeah. So Mickey's like, neck. "Get paper, get paper," and uh, they get paper and they put the pencil in Drawer's hand, and Drawer kind of flicks it, drops it out of his hand, yeah, intentionally. Yeah. And Mickey looks up at him, and Drawer gives him a little bit of a smile, and then dies. Now, because we know this, I want to address something that Drawer said that I. Skipped over kind of intentionally. Okay. When he's trying to get Mickey to untie him and take him with him, mm-hmm. he says to him, If you leave me here, you're going to regret this for the rest of your life. Yeah. Oh, no. It was. So he was kind of telling him, Yeah. This is the situation. Something. They, they gave us our last hint before. Yeah. Before the, the. Brilliant. Yeah. So subtle. So. Oh, brilliant. The three men are left, the three wolves are left looking at their bloody carcass prey. Mm-hmm. Who's also a wolf? Who is a wolf? Who's a wolf, right. 
he's the, the worst of but the wolves. He's the worst of the wolves, but he's the one that that now has won. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So the then we get to see Rami in the wolf's house, oh. in Dror's house. And he's in the room with all the paintings and stuff. Yeah. And he's looking around and he doesn't really see anything. And he gets this call and he's like, I, we didn't find anything. We're leaving. Mm-hmm. And he shuts the light off. Right? And I forget. He just closes the door. He just closes the door. He walks out. We see the bike on the wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the camera pans through the wall. And we mm-hmm. see that there's a false door where the where the bike is. And the girl in the ballerina outfit, um, who we now know is Mickey's daughter, yep. is laid out on the bed, completely passed out, gonna die. Probably gonna dead die. Starving, already. Starving. The fact that they yeah. were just like, she just walked out, and that, boom, end credits. Yeah. <sighs> that was effed up, S. Yeah. All right, so. My heart still hurts. <laughs> Steve. Yeah. Steve, sir. You've never seen this movie before, and Not you, until and you resisted it, but but, but because of the, the I resisted because I was given bad information about it. So, what'd you think about it? I thought it was pretty good. Um, the torture was very intense, but I was glad that there was not as much of it as I'd heard that mm-hmm. there was. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I definitely liked you know the the mysteries that they kept playing with because for a good long while I was like maybe Drawer is innocent, right? And but if he is, like, then who the heck do they need to be looking at? Because you know it's just like. They keep suggesting right. his innocence, but they also don't go looking at anybody else. What did you write down on your paper? Who, who did uh, it? I, I, very early, I wrote the principal did it because <laughs> in that scene with the with all the slander on the tests, yeah. um, you know, drawers there looking at it and reading these horrible messages, and then you hear his principal say something, and it very like ominously pans over to him standing in the door, and he's you know he looks like yeah a creepy dude. He's wearing like a black sweater like. You know, he's in charge of the school. He's in a position of power over children. He might very well have done it too. And maybe Drawer's just this unfortunate red herring for now. Yeah. But, think, uh, but then we never saw him again. I think they, and I think that that's probably very intentional. I think that yeah. they, um, they put some hints with Rami in there. Mm-hmm. Um, how he's eating, like how he's devouring that, that yeah. cheeseburger. I don't think it's just for like comedy or whatever. I think that's sort of supposed to be a subtle, like again, a kind of a carnivore. Yeah. And like also wolf. he is the one that finds her in the woods. So it's like, right. So maybe he, he did know he exactly where he, he, he finds the girl in the woods. Yep. He um, is very resistant to them torturing somebody yeah. who yep. could be innocent. He's the one who's actually not involved with it. He's just kind of standing on the sideline. Right. And, and you get the feeling that when the case is passed to Rami, nothing's ever going to happen. With yeah. This. Yeah. Whether it's by ineptitude or the fact that he's actually the guy. Right. right? It turns out to be ineptitude and very of course. unfortunately. Right. Um, Damn it, Rami. Yeah, I get so into these movies and I I still am feeling for that girl, man. It's like that's just yeah. It was funny. It's funny. I was sitting next to you on the couch, and I yeah. heard you like gasp a couple times and stuff. And I was like, yeah. "He's seen this movie I see before." It. I do that. I get um. I get really into movies. I like it. No, I like yeah. it. Yeah. No matter if I've seen it once or twenty five times, I'm I'm still super glued, and I get really really emotional for the characters. And that's always been that's always been a thing with me. And maybe that's why I'm so attracted to movies. That's yeah. a good way to watch yeah. movies. Right. And, and no matter how many times I've seen it, Donnie Darko is one of those ones. I will emotionally oh. get into all the time. Oh, yeah. I'm fully agreeant, in agreeance, which I know is not a word. I'm fully in agreement with you on Donnie Darko. <laughs> uh, you said a movie that you've seen 25 times. Can you name a movie off the top of your head you think you've seen 25 times? Nightmare Before Christmas. Really? Yeah. 25 uh, times. I've probably seen it over 25 times. I watch it at least 
three to four times a year. Wow, all right. Um, and I've been watching this movie since I was four years old. Okay. So if you really put that in perspective, I probably have seen this movie close to 60 to 80 times. Wow. Yeah. Um, I've seen Donnie Darko probably closer on the 15 amount time yeah, side. Yeah, I'm probably right about uh, I've there. seen Halloween once a year since I was like, at least once a year since I was seven. Sure. So. Did you say you've seen... You've been watching Nightmare Before Christmas since you were four? Yeah, I saw, actually, I remember, me feel that's the old. first movie I actually I remember, remember going to the theater and seeing. My oh, dad wow. took me and saw it wow. in 1992 Wow! when it first came out, and uh, ever since then I just fell in love with it. And then I saw Halloween when I was six, so I saw Halloween when I was six, and then probably once a year after that. So I've seen Halloween probably close to 20, 25 times. Nice. All right, now, you, I'm not going to let you say... I want to brag real quick. Yeah, go ahead, brag. You know what the first movie is I can remember seeing in the theater? What's that? Empire Strikes Back, Ooh. and I was one. Yeah, you were really. You were one. You actually can remember that. I can. I have visions of it, just like up there. Awesome. I, I don't think I saw Empire. Um, you didn't? I don't think I saw Empire in the theater. Oh, I saw Jedi in the theater. <sighs> Me too. So I feel like the the oldest movie I can remember seeing is ET. Whoa, yeah, yeah. That's you know, uh, he phoned home. Or 80, 81, I think. 81. Or 80. What's that? E.T. is 81 or 80? Uh, 81, I think. I've wow, got 81 in my head, too. That long before I was born. So I'm yeah. not, not going to make let, you guys feel old, nothing. Now, I'm <laughs> nothing gonna, makes me feel old. I'm not going to let you say uh, you can't pick one. Okay. Favorite film. All time. Oh, God. I, I don't like the whole, like filmmaker like i can't choose one because i can't nah it's thing is like and also this this quite this, this makes me answer, think nightmare before christmas almost because it is probably it. i yeah. was about to say it depends on it depends on my mood and time of year yeah most of the time i'll say nightmare before christmas is my number one all yeah. the time um every once in a while halloween will pop up in there sure. uh i went through a stage where hellraiser was my number one for a little bit um but I just I'm obsessed with the Hellraiser mythos for some stupid reason. No, not stupid reason. It's a great reason. It's an incredible mythos that you like that hell sex. I love it. It's very ridiculous. I love the Cenobites. They're so yeah. cool. I'm a big fan of Halloween. That original Halloween's original great. One. Original one and the second one because they're, they're the yeah. You gotta watch them together. Right? You gotta watch them together. Yeah, absolutely. Um, love when the kids got the uh, razor blade in his teeth. Ooh, it's one. so gnarly. Yeah. Think about doing that. They did that back in the seventies, and you're just like, wow. Yeah, <laughs> it's intense. Yeah, I'm a big fan of that. Halloween. Okay, so I'm thinking right. about that quit, scene now. Quit, quit barfing. Quit uh, barfing on the boosters. I wish I could, but I'm what? thinking about the razor blade in the teeth. That I laid down. All right. Who? <laughs> I think that's gonna wrap up this episode. Um, we are going to now draw from the Muppet Bucket. Oh, So Steve yeah. will draw first. And then I'm going to let Neil draw for me. Ooh. Oh, all right. And now don't don't forget that. So we're going to have another episode in two weeks, but we're also going to have some mini episodes in between this one and the next one for uh, AFI films. Yeah. So um, what we'll probably plan, hopefully the plan will work. <laughs> the plan is after we see some of the movies, um, AFI, uh those of us that are there will do a short like anywhere between one and three minute quick synopsis of what mm. we thought about the film mm. and then we're going to turn that into little mini podcast episodes that will show up on iTunes and Podbean Ooh. Yeah. hey if you catch us at any of the midnight screenings absolutely sure you grab I'll, us. Hit you up. I'll hit you up yo alright Steve you know what Get he's you. our first special guest let's have him pick let's both let's have him pick first, Ooh, first oh both guest. let's have him pick both alright that's, that's right? pressure he's man. got two so hands draw one and then read the title. We'll uh, we'll address it real quickly. And I'm then these we don't want to say yeah, like if you've seen anything, you don't want to say anything about it. Like don't you okay. know, like, Oh yeah, this is a great film with so and so or whatever. We'll we'll try not to get too. 
All right. Oh, please Specific. pick up ones. Please pick, pick one. Ones. I got this. Yeah, there you go. You got one. one. Not horror, not horror, not horror. An American in Paris. Okay. Oh, okay. Back to classics. I've never seen that one. Okay. Right. A non-horror. Set back, that down right next to, to you there. Okay. Pick a second one. Oh, not Hodorowsky's Dune. What is please, this Hodorowsky's Dune. Yeah, please, not the Dune. Please, uh, A single man. A single so we man. A classic and a modern film. A single... I keep thinking of a serious man. What is a single man? A single man... I'll look it up for you so that way I don't say the wrong thing. That was at AFI last year, I believe. A single man. I'm trying to get to it. A single... Oh, don't yawn, Steve. It's the Colin it's the Firth end of the show. Moore. Uh, Colin Firth and Julian An English professor, Moore. one year after the sudden death of his boyfriend, is unable to cope with his typical days in 1960s Los Angeles. Oh, cool. I've heard good things about it, so that's why it's in the bucket. Cool. So, viewsters, watch A Single Man and An American in Paris for our next episode. I was really hoping to say An American Werewolf in London. Me too. Or American Werewolf in Paris, well, either seen, way. We've seen... <laughs> Did you... If we see the films, we can't put them in the bucket. I know. Liz. Although we did put Do the Right Thing in... Well, we didn't put it in the bucket. No, we selected it because of that's what we decided to name our show after. Can I ask Neil a question real quick? Of course. You oh. talked about how uh, We Are Indie Horror covers haunts. Yes. Are you a fan of ha- Halloween Horror Nights? Um, I was as a, as a kid growing okay. up. I loved Halloween Horror Nights. As I got older, it wasn't enough for me. So you didn't go last year? I actually went last year. Did you go through the American Werewolf in London maze? I did. Was that awesome or what? It was. That actually was one of my favorites. I love the atmosphere they created with it. Um, And especially knowing that John Landis had a huge part in creating that haunt with with, uh, uh, John Murdy, who who creates the haunts there, is is an incredible thing. And that really helps when, when you have the actual filmmaker making the American Werewolf in London. I, I fully agree, because it was the greatest I've ever been through, and I don't think it's there this year. I no, have, it's, in, it's in Orlando this year. Oh, okay. Yeah. I have never been to Halloween Horror Nights. Never ever? And being a, a fan of horror films, and a, obviously a fan of mm-hmm. film in general, and sets, and you would dig it. the magic of it, I'm sure I would. Uh, it's always like, ah, spend the money on it. Those tickets are nuts. Yeah. That's why I went for free. Oh man, <laughs> gotta get we gotta get, get you a hookup. Nights. Somehow, gotta get a hookup, man. You gotta get preview nights. I That's would love, go. I would love to go sometime. Now there uh, are other haunts though that are super cheap. Yeah, this way is fun though. The, but the whole point of like wanting to go to Halloween Horror Nights at Universal is, is because they they build the things from real sets, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So the you Nightmare know. on Elm Street one was my first house I ever went through, and that scared the hell yeah, out of I me. I heard it was really I'm good. Oh man, I got I got stuck in a room where it was like strobe lights. Freddy was on the one side, oh, and then the no. strobe light went off. Then there was no Freddy. Then all of a sudden, I had claws on my shoulder. Oh snap! And I just I bolted. I was yeah, awesome. and I just like ran out of the house. I was That's like, oh my cool. god! Oh, that would have my dad told me, me. My dad was behind me. He's like, the amount of curse words that came out of your mouth. Nice. I've never thought you could say. And I was like, it's all your fault. You should have known <laughs> when I was five years old. It's all your fault. That's great. Dads, stop showing us horror movies when we're no, so very young. Dad, please do, because otherwise I would not be sitting here talking about <laughs> horror movies with you guys. Possibly. <laughs> All right, well, that will uh, wrap it up for this episode. We will uh, see you 
over the next like week or so with these little mini episodes and then in two weeks with uh, these other films. Thanks again to Neil King and We Are Indie so, Horror. Make sure thanks, you go Neil. check out their site. Be sure, sure to keep the fear alive. Ooh. There you go. And uh, for Steve and I, I will sign off. Uh, bon Cinema. <laughs>